0: And that is all we're going to use because copyright. <laughs> I do not want to get sued by Disney. We could for fun. I mean, we could end up like that dude on TikTok with the Mickey Mouse. We might that luck out. Who, nev- who knows? If you if you don't, if you're like not like us and weird and no shit about TikTokers, uh, there's this dude on Mickey Mouse who like, Or Mickey Mouse on TikTok who has a Mickey Mouse puppet and like he does does Mickey's voice but like in a deep tone almost and like says like just reacts to videos and they're often like super fucking inappropriate but funny as hell. Like my favorite, well not my favorite one, but the one that put me onto him was like this dude drilling paint and the the drill happened to look like a swastika and he goes, "That's the symbol from Walt's house." And like, I lost it. Like, I absolutely <laughs> lost it. Because <laughs> it's almost like, it's, I sent it to you guys. I thought, but maybe I'll send it again. Like, it was funny because it's like Disney's dirty little secret that Walt was a Nazi sympathizer. Yeah, yeah. sympathizer. And like, he's just not a good dude, to be honest with you. Like, they couldn't thaw his head and kick it into a lake for all they care. Sorry, Cole. Cole's not with us tonight, so you won't hear him complain about that. But <laughs> yeah, he's just not a good dude, in my opinion. But like, I was just like, Dave, he's getting away with this. And I then, prefer like, Tom I, Hanks Walt Disney. Yeah, even then, they were like, please don't show a lot of his stuff. And Tom Hanks was like, eh, well, you know, if I'm going to play the character, I'm going to play the character. Yeah, yeah. So they had a big, like, issue with that movie because they were trying to, like, Make sure they didn't show too much because they still want it to be like a family movie.
1: Yeah, they want to give like, you know, they want to show you Walt Disney in the way he used to be, but they don't want to see Disney. Walt
0: Disney be an asshole to understand that he's an asshole. Yeah. Like, which I, you know, I get. Yeah, he I, completely you know, screwed that lady over.
1: Yeah, he did. And a lot of like, like people who are icons of their time were like that, but they get remembered as a hero because of the great they did. but it's because you you look at their achievements come you know and you try to look away from the way they got to those achievements
0: yeah and i get it like it's it's a different society we do live in today yeah we're like everyone is under a microscope even if you are someone like well disney who's been dead since i don't know when but still
1: yeah that's
0: um, but yeah uh so a couple of days ago this dude got a like a uh instagram dm yeah. from disney it was like hey what's your contact info we want to get in touch with you mr oh. i mean he gave it to him I was freaking the fuck out for like three days finally they call him they're like oh yeah you're not in any trouble like we like your content you <laughs> just just know that it was basically they were calling him to nicely remind him essentially that he was not allowed to
1: because oh, he's a fairly things. popular
0: person no, not even that. Just it was just to remind him that he's not allowed to sell merch with uh, the Mickey puppet as oh, like true, the graphic yeah. for the merch, and like he's like, yeah, I kind of already knew that. Like I was, like, I wasn't planning to anyway. And I mean, it's smart on his part that he wasn't, because obviously he's gonna go in here doing the stuff that he doing and saying the stuff he is with this Mickey puppet, and if he ends up selling merch, then he knows. I'm sure he would know not to sell Mickey merch because that's more than just the hey we like your content phone call that's a hey give us your house and everything you own phone call yeah go
1: ahead and give us all that just sign it this way and so put it to to the mouse
0: and if you're listening to this like right as soon as it's up there then you probably won't see the instagram post until later or if you're listening to this because you see the instagram post we put up this awesome uh crawl because today's episode is obviously based on the title a Star Wars episode, a Star Wars themed episode. It was about time we were gonna <clears throat> have, it was bound to happen that we did one. So I made a crawl for our Instagram post and for the episode, and I tested it a couple times to throw it up on Instagram, and it got taken down within like 30 seconds of me posting it. The funny thing is I actually deleted it both times just to see if it would go up, but I didn't want people to see the post already because we hadn't record the, recorded the episode and I wouldn't like spoil it or anything like that. But yeah,
1: we we're, we're I, a few days past uh, May the 4th and Revenge of the 5th, yeah. but it's
0: okay. We, we we wanted to do it last week, but we waited because May the 4th, maybe we were going to announce something cool.
1: Yeah, we wanted to see if anything came out. You know, We were kind of hoping, I know everyone's kind of hoping after after season 2 of The Mandalorian ended, they were like, okay, well, we know we're getting this, the Ahsoka show. Boba Fett. We're hoping for the Book of uh So we're hoping for some sort of you know, maybe they'll give us a little bit more intel on that. But nothing came out.
0: Yeah. And so I got a Instagram emails like, hey, we took your shit down because of copyright. So yeah, that's why the Instagram post is silent because I don't want to get sued. <laughs> but it's funny, dude, because like you and I both post these like record videos. Your record, by the way, the one you posted for May the fourth mm-hmm. is still up there.
1: Keep it down that's down. on
0: your that's so, not on your story yeah shut
1: up about it all right don't bring it up
0: <laughs> but the thing is that that's not on your story that's on your main feed bro
1: yeah yeah it is a main feed it's funny because last year or the year before that i posted it it came like they they flagged it and so i was like huh I was like, what can i do different this time that, like i didn't do anything different really like it's it's still just a clip of yeah, like uh, last last year when I posted it, it, it was you know it got cut off because hey, it's you know Star Wars whatever. But this time around, I didn't I didn't do anything different. I didn't change the. I don't think I changed the 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 timeline or anything. It's still just the bi- the binary sunset medley, and it stayed up. So I think maybe I I think I changed the hashtags, and that's why it didn't get taken down this time around.
0: Did you hashtag like John Williams and things like that? Uh, let me check. Because I was reading that a way to get around it sometimes is to be last time give I give credit I did. and all that. Yeah. Interesting. Anyway, so that's up on your main feed. I literally posted the Cantina Band record spinning, and they took it down within three seconds of me posting it. I was pissed.
1: Maybe they think maybe they think mine's a still because nothing's moving. Like you can't see the record moving or anything. They're just like, yeah, it's fine.
0: I will say yours was a little bit like mine was right there by the speaker. Like as soon as some of those like trumpet parts hit, like you could tell it was like. <laughs> <laughs> so like, maybe that's why. But at the same time, I'm just like, man, why Disney hate me so much? <laughs> <laughs> that's oh, what you been watching this week, though, dude,
1: I have been on a binge of things um so it's Enjoy the beginning things. of the month it's it's yeah it's the beginning of the month so i usually check to see you know what's what's been put on streaming services that i use and i've been you know hooked on hbo max lately so i was gonna see what's on hbo max um and i was like all right so scrolling through i watched um from Dust till dawn which is classic you know that was, that's a fun movie um but it had a world Only war Two. II... seen it
0: once
1: i've seen it quite a few times I mean, actually, I, no, I watched that two weeks ago. What else did I watch?
0: From Dustin O'Donnell, I know you watched uh, Darkest Hour.
1: Yeah, so Darkest Hour was one I've been wanting to watch for quite some time now, which is, it's w, it's a World War II movie that focuses on um, Winston Churchill becoming Prime Minister of Britain and him kind of guiding them through the war. <laughs> and Gary Oldman plays them. And man, was it, a, it was a good movie to see him cuz everyone didn't really have faith in him like his his party was a like, man like like he can't do it like he's not he just like he he didn't fit the party's idea of this is what our representative should be and you know he was just very outspoken about everything he wanted to do he drank morning noon and night he was constantly smoking a cigar it was great it was a great movie i really liked it but i i really enjoyed world war 2 movies but you see him talk about um like them trying to help France when, you know, when the Nazis invaded them. And then they talk about um, Operation Dynamo, which is when they sent the civilian ships to Dunkirk to rescue all the soldiers that were um, stranded on the island. That way they wouldn't die. They rescued, I think, I forgot how many thousands of men they, they said they, they rescued. But they rescued all these soldiers and brought them back home. And and then they... they uh, they survived the war and then they made it through. And then of course, you don't know how world war two ends, but that was a good movie. Spoiler. Spoiler. (laughs) Uh, the rest of the world wins. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I watched precious, which I've seen it before, but Uh, I didn't like
0: a novel by Sapphire.
1: Yeah. And I was like, I was like, I've never seen this movie before, but, um,
0: I've I never figured, seen that movie, but I remember when it was off and and like won every fucking award.
1: Yeah, it was it was a good film, and I I can see why it was off and popping When it came out, Monique did a really good job as as uh, Precious's mom, and she was she was a bitch. And you know, kind of growing up poor, and you know, in a, in the lower income parts of town, I can kind of like I get it. Like where I feel like she portrayed someone I. Would see living in my area like that, which mm-hmm. is sad to say. But like she portrayed somebody who was, you know, living on welfare, and just you know felt like life was giving her the shit, and she's having to to deal with it this way. But it was a really good film. Like I, I know I said it before, but it's been so long, and I was like, this is really good. And then I watched Waterworld. So this is all I was telling you guys the other day. Uh, in the chat. Yeah, you
0: said this the other day. Have you never seen Waterworld? Or seen did you Water think it World. was
1: something else? I've seen Waterworld before, but as a kid. And uh, but I always got this weird scene stuck in my head about a guy who was like part machine trying to have sex with some lady. And but the thing, like the thing was he had to like he had to like pull start his junk before he can have sex. What the and like I remember that from my childhood, and I was always like, I was like, what fucking movie is it? And like a while back, I read into it, and I was like, oh, it's Waterworld. I was like, okay, I was, and so I was like, I need to watch Waterworld, so I can kind of, so I can see this stupid scene and just get it <laughs> out, like, get it out of my head, and I can move on. And so why like, did they allow this? <laughs> yeah, I was like, why would they allow that? I was like, anyway, so um, I checked Peacock, and Peacock had it. And I was like, fucking A. I I was like, I'm gonna watch Waterworld. So I watched Waterworld and it's a bad movie. Like it's it's a fun it's a little fun movie to watch, but it's a bad movie. And fucking terrible. <laughs> it's terrible. And I was like, I was like I was looking up the info, I was like, why was it getting such bad rap? Like when it first came out, and I was like, Oh, there's all this shit happening, like the cast wasn't happy with each other. At one point a hurricane blew off the main set. And I was like, oh, this, like all this shit happens. Like, okay, whatever. Anyway, so I'm watching Waterworld and I'm like, okay. And I was like, this is the guy that it should be it. Like he, there was an explosion and like he got injured. I was like, okay, he lost an eye. And I was like, I don't think this is the guy. And the movie starts to end. I'm like 30 minutes left. I was like, I don't see this dude getting, uh, getting dirty with the girl. And so I was like, what the fuck? I was like, I was like, is this not the movie? movie finishes and i was like it wasn't it and i was like what movie is it but i knew dennis hopper was in the movie and so i'm like i'm googling it but i'm like trying not to google something too inappropriate because i don't want weird shit popping up in my google feed if
0: you like (laughs) port
1: and so i'm like i'm like googling like guy with robotic lower half or guy with uh robotic crotch guy with your what FBI agent left. just
0: like cracking up in his office. I'm just office. like, like oh what the fuck's this man. new issue
1: today? And I was like, I was like, you know what? Let me search Dennis Hopper movies. So I'm like I pull up Dennis Hopper, and I'm looking through his filmography, and I was, like, it said Waterworld '95, and then the next movie he came out in was called Space Truckers, 96, in '96, and I was like, oh, please not this! Like, don't let this be it. And so I look up the movie and like I look at the stills and it's the movie that I'm thinking of. And I was like, <laughs> oh no. Cause like I pulled up the IMDB, it's like one star. Rotten Tomatoes has like a 10% on it or some shit like that. It's bad. And I was like, oh, this is the stupid. Hey man, movie. sometimes those are the best movies though. I was I was really hoping to be good because it was like a sci-fi comedy. But Dennis Hopper's a space trucker. And He's trying to get out of a situation. What
0: exactly? He's a space trucker. Because in exactly. my mind, I'm imagining ice road truckers, just like he's just floating in space on a green screen.
1: <laughs> it, essentially, he's he's driving a semi in space, and he's he's hauling. And in the, in the beginning, he's hauling pigs. And uh, the guy he's trying to sell the pigs to, he's like, "You're fucking late, man. Like, I'm not gonna give you the money." So he's hanging out in the diner, and the guy shows up, and they start bitching at each other, They start fighting. Somebody shoots a gun in the diner they're in, but they're in space. So it hits a window and the guy he's fighting with gets sucked to the window. And they're like, you just killed that guy. And Dennis Hopper's like, fuck, I got to get out of here. So he goes to this, like, this sketchy looking dude is like, look, I need to get off the spaceport. Can you help me? And the guy's like, yeah, I can get you off the spaceport. You take this load out of here. No questions asked. And I'll get you out of here. scot free. So he's like son of a bitch i'm in but it's like it's him you know the the waitress he's in love with and then some new rookie dude who kind of just like befriends him to come along and just the
0: character that they
1: needed to write into the movie yeah basically just the character <laughs> they needed to write in the movie so they escape and like their truck gets damaged in the ass in some asteroid field <laughs> then they get picked up by space pirates and uh this is the guy. Like, this is the, the leader of the, of the space pirates is the robotic guy. That's been stuck in my head. And I was like, this is the motherfucker. And his poppers love interest was like, look, I'll have sex with the guy so he can let us scot free.
0: Oh God. And,
1: uh, I was like, Oh God. I was like, all right, let's just get this stupid shit over with. So they go up to his quarters and he takes off his clothes and he's half robotic. You know what I mean? And, uh, He's like, I have, I, f- I forget what it, what it was, but he called it, a, he called it a wang pulse. And that's what his junk was. And he's like, he starts to pull like a, like a pull rope, like if on, on a lawnmower, he starts to crank it.
0: <laughs> There's a snake in my
1: boot. <sighs> Ding, he cranks it and you hear it go, the high, the high hum. And they, <laughs> like, they, they show the girl's reaction and you see like a blue light, like glow on her. Like he, and like his junk's blue lit, and I was like, "What is fucking happening?" We got well, Bluetooth it, though. Luckily, they don't have they don't have sex. He like, she like, just dis- uh disconnects like one of his tubes that keeps the whole, his overall body running and all this shit. And that's a bar's fault as go to the movie because it's it was a shit show. But I was like, okay, I've seen this stupid movie. I paid five bucks to see it. It was the worst five bucks I've ever spent. <laughs> but at least I was like, okay, it's out of my system. I can move on with my life it was so
0: bad it was so that bad It sounds fucking terrible it was it was really bad let's see i'm looking through my photos real quick to see because i know i've watched some mm. i watched like lords of dog town nice God, that movie like for me i don't know that movie's just always good no matter what I think i've seen it once but i don't remember it very well Mitch Hedberg was in it for a quick second. Uh, RIP Mitch Hedberg, dude. Dude, one of the best comedians out there. Yeah. I saw someone say something like, he's like, a, he's like doing the best dad jokes and stoner jokes put together. And I was like, oh shit, that's true.
1: But also well, in the movie or like in general? because in, in, like in Just like
0: all over his comedy. I mean, think about like his, his little cameo that he had in oh yeah but think about his cameo that he had in a um what's it called oh that '70s show he was in it for like five episodes maybe and it was just a bit part but one of his most memorable lines was something like i did not lose both legs in vietnam to uh or he was like i did not lose my right leg in vietnam to serve snotty teenagers and kelso goes uh you got both legs. He's like, I did not lose both legs. It's <laughs> 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 something like that. It's so stupid, like that. My or my other other one was like, I used to do drugs. I still do, but I used to. Too. <laughs> yeah. But there, yeah, there is a lot of like depression in there. But like, think about like really good comedians like Greg Gerardo. I mean, dude, like some of these comedians are like Robin Williams. Look Robin at him.
1: Robin The greatest of all time
0: funny as hell but behind closed doors was not living his best life yeah man but um and mitch hedberg wasn't he like he was he was there but like he just had substance abuse issues and that's what ultimately did him in he had a heart condition
1: yeah that's who But he
0: makes a quick cameo in uh lords of dog town he plays the guy that sells them like the polyurethane skateboard wheels okay like it's right. literally like yeah man he's made a polyurethane and that's like his only line but also he plays with uh uh Heath Ledger's in there Emil Hirsch mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um I need to go, go back and watch that movie Sofia Vergara's in it too bro for like really a, a quick a quick cameo but a very young and still very attractive Sofia
1: Vergara I think I've seen it once but it was forever ago
0: Great soundtrack, all 70s rock. Um, tells you the story of, like, basically modern skateboarding out of California. And, like, how it went from, like, these street competitions of like, you're just kind of doing spins on your board and not, like, actual tricks.
1: Yeah, not trick, to like,
0: kinda... these kids were clearing out swimming pools or whatever. And that's where, like, swimming pool, like, skating came from. Mm-hmm. Um, and they got they got i'm pretty sure they got all the people like the real life people which are jay adams tony alvarez uh stacy something like they got all them to make cameos in the movie itself which is pretty cool uh the, the, the like one of the the guy who wrote the movie stacy um he actually trained tony hawk when tony hawk was young I don't know. Like he created his own skate team and Tony Hawk was a part of that skate team. And there's a, there's a scene in the movie where Tony Hawk plays an astronaut meeting the stacy kid he's like hey man that looks like fun can i try it and he gets on it and busts ass right away and he goes man that looks ha- harder than it should be <laughs> and you're just sitting there like tony Hong, he purposely made himself bail out like you know he had to like you know it was not an easy thing for him to be like oh shit <laughs> right away
1: did you see that um, video of him uh not too long ago doing his last uh i think uh 540 no shit. Yeah, dude, it was um, like they did a whole like it was like a little mini doc video, and he was like, "This is like, I'm gonna do this one more time, and I'm gonna hang that, I'm gonna hang that, that uh, that trick up, and like I'm not gonna do it anymore."
0: Cause I mean, he getting, is like fifty-some. Yeah, so. he's
1: getting older. He was like, you know, I'm not, I'm not gonna do it anymore.
0: And, one like, long ran on that is, or one wrong land on that is, oof. Yeah. So it was the same person
1: that used should like document his videos back in the day to record it. Uh-huh. Uh, I think it was the same guy that recorded his first, the first time he did it. Um, but they were at his, uh, like at his facility and on, they were on the, the big ramp and uh, he was trying and trying and he kept missing it. And he finally gets it. And like, he kind of broke down a little bit, man. Like that wasn't the end of an era for that one. And it was, it was cool to see because you know i wasn't a big skateboarder as a kid you know i never i can never do tricks and stuff like that but i did ride skateboard but like tony hawk is one of those icons for my from our from our childhood that everyone knows who tony hawk is you know what i mean so yeah to see, like, and
0: a lot of that has to do with the video games i do believe like more than him skating himself it's the video games
1: yeah the video games too you know and you know the explosion of x games and everything but like he's He's just such a well-known icon. Like everyone know who Tony Hawk is. Uh,
0: my favorite just, thing that he does right now is uh, he tweets out these times where people like go, hey, man, you look, look like Tony Hawk. Yes. Like, yeah, really? And they're like, no, you can't be. here too old. And he's like, okay. <laughs> he just moves on. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I
1: like his uh, do a kickflip videos when he drives around town. And he's just like, hey, do a kickflip to like a kid. And they do. And he's they freak like, out because like, oh
0: my god, it's this.
1: And, and he's like sick, and like he'll give them something like some sort of merch if they recognize who he is. Like it helps them out too because they're like, "You're Tony Hawk." They're like, "Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, cool, man." man. So, uh, so like I that. watched
0: that. I watched uh, Halloween H twenty, which is one of my favorite ones of the series. Mm-hmm. Uh, and no matter how often I watch it, like. <laughs> It's just fucking like, it's honestly one of the best ones, but every time I, there's LL Cool J's in it. And, I say, is that the uh, one with
1: LL Cool J in it?
0: Yeah, and he has a line in it where he says, holy shit, you scared the shit out of me when he gets scared. Uh-huh. But no matter how many times I hear it, because I the first time I ever watched it was on FX um, late at night, so it was censored. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the censored TV version is lickety snot, you scared the snot out of me. <laughs> and no matter <laughs> how many times, no matter how many times I watch the uncensored version, like I own the fucking like Halloween collection and everything like that. I have it on VHS and all that too. I will always hear lickety snot, you scared the snot out of me. <laughs> it's That's just, so shitty, dude. It's like Merry Christmas, <laughs> Mother Truckers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or uh what is it? yippee Kaye mother father christmas is what it is yeah (laughs) that's the sister or um snakes on a plane is i'm tired of these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane is turned into i'm tired of these monkey fighting snakes on this monday to friday plane (laughs) so bad man so i watched that i watched fanboys instead of any of the star wars movies for may 4th i watched fanboys because i feel like that in my, in my opinion, should be part of Star Wars canon. That's just me. I mean, it's a great movie. It makes so many good references. Like, mm-hmm. amazing. There's even, like, the whole line where, like, they're running out of the hospital, and Carrie Fisher's the doctor, and the kid's like, I love you, and she whispers, I know. Like, it took me a couple <laughs> times to hear that she says it, but she does say it. Yeah, buddy. And this is at a time like 2000, Um, I want to say 2008, 2009 is when this movie came out. I think so, yeah. Gary Fisher was kind of like done with Star Wars. She was doing like comedy and like she's like I'm getting old. I'm tired of talking about this shit. Like move yeah, on wanted, from like, Princess she Leia. Anymore. She's like she wanted yeah. to you kind know, of rebrand herself a little bit. And she was kind enough for them to do this uh, this movie. Obviously yeah. Harrison Ford didn't feel the same because he wasn't in it. Uh, but like Kevin Smith has a cameo. Jason Hughes has a cameo. Uh, Ethan Suppley plays Harry Knowles who's the creator of ain't it cool news mm-hmm. which is like one of the biggest movie like news sites out there for a while i don't know if it's still around or like how it's doing or whatever but uh yeah like oh um the dude that plays darth mole what's his name like ray fisher no not ray Park. fisher that's to dude the Ray part he's in it he plays hey, the security he plays like the security guard who like when Dan Fogler like picks up the lightsaber and tries to attack him with it? Uh-huh. He pulls out a second baton and does this whole like because <laughs> yeah. Dan Fogler's just like oh shit. <laughs> I-, I need to go back and watch
1: yeah. the movie. it's been so long since I've seen that one. But I, I love it's that movie. It's funny. It, it holds up.
0: Funny. I s- I will say that like after you watch like after it really had a good impact on watching it when Force Awakens came out because they had that whole uh, campaign for a while for this dude uh, that had cancer who's going to die like before Force Awakens came out to get him to see Force Awakens. Yeah, and
1: they and they were able and to. J.J.
0: Abrams was able to do it, got it to him. So it took on a whole new life there because it was like, oh shit, this is a like because people who knew about fanboys because it was still kind of low-key at that point.
1: Yeah, I feel like it, it was still, you know, like it's one of those movies like you've, you have to just know about it to, you know. Yeah. And it's just like, it's, it's a great movie for the Star Wars fandom, but like I said, like I said, you have to know about what it is, and
0: especially for the Star Wars fandom that are our age that grew up on the hype of Phantom Menace. Yeah, exactly.
1: Like, because that's that's the trilogy that came out when we're, as as we're children,
0: and then even like people like my uncle who grew up with the original trilogy, and like were like, well, shit, like this is the first time they made one in like what fifteen years at this point. Like, it's been. I wanna say 1985 was the last Star Wars until ninety-nine. Yes. Yeah, I could like be wrong on that. But like there's like there was all that kind of concern about like what of this absolutely sucks. And obviously you get everyone like the prequel series, <laughs> Like I but, like
1: prequel uh, series,
0: man. I do too. Like I I can see why there is hate from old heads, but like honestly, it's It's a little bit more philosophical, I believe, the prequel series because they do delve delve into the more of like the the almost religious aspects of the Jedi and shit like that. I remember reading a reading a uh, an interview from Lucas,
1: and he, I want to say he explained it as like like an opera. You know, the original trilogy—that's what it's always
0: been. Space, yeah, it's always
1: what it's been. Yeah, it's a space opera, and. Like you, he goes. When well, you know, when you look at an opera, it's like it starts with love. There's a fight. There's resolution. And like since the since the since the first trilogy was about the war, you had to get there some, somehow. So yeah. I, I love the romantic aspect of the prequel trilogy because to get to the war, you had to go through the love parts and what kind of triggered the main part of the war. Because, you know, you, you get all the Clone Wars and everything, but then you see, you know, how basically one man ended up creating an entire empire to control you know, by his hand. So yeah, I, totally. I, I I really enjoy the, the prequel trilogy so much.
0: <laughs> I also saw another interview with George Lucas. Or no, not even an interview. It was like a YouTube video. I don't know how it got up on YouTube, but he's like sitting in his private theater at Lucas uh, Ranch and all that, and he's just like, he just finished screening Phantom Minutes for the first time. Like the first cut and all that he goes, oh shit, I think I did too much. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm pretty sure like Spielberg and like Francis Ford Coppola was in there with him. <laughs> I imagine. You, yeah, I remember yeah, they were all, more, it was pretty good. you were all <laughs> like, he was like, he, he came up with them. He came up with Spielberg and Francis Ford Coppola and Kubrick. Like, I'm pretty sure... Lucas like did some shit for Kraupla uh, before he became you know George Lucas as we knew him. And, like they all you got to remember, same, George uh... Lucas's first thing was American Graffiti, which was a weren't... love letter to the fifties. weren't
1: they all in the same uh like uh, program at Disney at the time? Like, didn't they all come Maybe... from like the same?
0: I don't know if it was I, like Disney or like they just all happened to go to like the same film school or something like that. I think
1: it was like like some sort of like I don't know if it was like some sort of Disney film school, but I think they were all in the same film school at the same time. Like like it was Spielberg, Lucas, uh Kubrick. And I was like, God, I was like, can you imagine like just all these guys in the room and like them being buddy buddy like you've said, like you know, Kapala. And then
0: see what the fuck they made? Like yeah, Godfather, 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 the shining, the shining eyes wide like, shut, shit like that. Fucking Spielberg! Just name any movie of his, and you got a hit right there. Yeah, fucking Schindler's List. Like, come on. easy Jaws. 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 2. Jaws literally created Jaws an entire generation of people to go in the water. Jaws, Jaws three D has the greatest fucking ending in the world. Don't Jaws thirty one. If you want to, you know, reference Back <laughs> to the Future. <laughs> <laughs> But then you get like, then you get to the point of like where George Lucas is almost like Walt Disney. Like, yeah, you like the shit that he does, but he's not a good person. Like, yeah, he's a piece of shit. Like, I was listening to uh, Fat Man Beyond the other day, uh, and they were talking about one of the original like Indiana Jones movies, and apparently George Lucas kept pushing for Indiana because it was like the one where Indiana Jones had like a girlfriend or something mm-hmm. like that, but apparently. Lucas kept pushing for the the girl to be thirteen years old, like it's it's really weird. And this is, is in this weird. like this isn't like a book that you can read about like the making of it and all this. Okay. And like Coppola or yeah, I'm pretty sure it was like Coppola and it might have been Kubrick actually. It was either Coppola and Kubrick or Kubrick, it, but definitely Spielberg because obviously
1: yeah.
0: Spielberg is the one who did Indy. <laughs> Uh, we're uh just like George what the fuck man Like no like that's not gonna happen Like you can say Like they knew each other when they were younger But we're not gonna make it an active like 13 year old girl or anything Like some weird shit and then like the whole Thing about when um Star Wars got sold to Disney and what he said When that happened like that was pretty fucked up To say he was like I feel like the uh, My property was sold to White slavers And you're just like bro like you just made how much money you're gonna say that shit right there? Like, come on. Yeah, plus you were still involved, like you still had a hand in things. Still have a hand like, in things. There's there is pictures of John Favreau and George Lucas on the Mandalorian set, where George Lucas is literally like about to cry holding Grogu or Baby Yoda or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Cause he's just like, This is my child. Like this is this is this is my literally my baby right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like they this were is... cool, like Favreau made a point to get Lucas on set as much as he could. So did uh Dave Filoni, who yeah. also like co produced it and co wrote it with uh John Favreau. Like they made it a point to put Lucas get his involvement as much as they could. Now, yeah. if it's, it's not like a creative involvement, obviously, but like just to have him on set and to be able to be like, hey, how a, would you do opinion, this?
1: Like, well, you know, picking his brain a little bit,
0: but yeah. Obviously, like that whole comment probably didn't really mean what he thought it meant, and like I'm sure they've patched things up since then between him and Disney. But at the same time, like you cannot, like in my opinion, you can't really like make X amount because it was like a bunch of fucking money they sold. Yeah, it was it was, and then say something like that. Like that's just bad, poor taste. Yeah, it was poor taste.
1: You know, and Grant, like you know, it's it's the fact that he sold to Disney. Like it's done so much for. I to say I would, I don't wanna say done so much, but like there's just been an explosion of Star Wars since it's hap- since it's happened, which is great. But I you think know, without
0: Disney we wouldn't get the new trilogy. We wouldn't get the Mandalorian, we wouldn't get fucking yeah. Boba Fett getting his own TV show would, yeah, thirty we... something years after his debut on a Christmas special.
1: We definitely wouldn't get the the series, all the series and everything. Maybe a trilogy, but you know, how how involved would it be you know like how where do you go with it they I feel like Disney did it so they can introduce a whole new generation of people which you know Lucas would have done the same thing because you know our parents and now us if we had kids would be taking them to the movies too but I feel like it maybe Lucas was just at that at his ceiling already like it needs it needs more so he had to sell you know it would you know it would need someone like a Disney to really take it over the top to get what you needed.
0: Yeah. I mean, like, the thing is, is, like. I think you're right there with, like, saying that uh, maybe we would have another trilogy. Maybe it would be a, another Lucas trilogy where he CGI some things and, like. That's that. Like, you get the prequel trilogy just for, like, a new generation. Yeah. Um. But. I don't think Lucas would have the thought. And I don't I don't want to say it's like just because he's not creative anymore, but it could be just with like with age and he doesn't want to take on too much or something like that. Yeah. I don't think we would have got things like solo and rogue one without Lucas it, or with Lucas. Just,
1: yeah. Because I mean, look at played. it. They're called
0: a Star Wars story. They're side stories. Yeah.
1: And, like, to to have him try to, you know, oversee all of these projects, and if he, you know, and like I said, with his age, like, he couldn't, he wouldn't be able to handle all of that. To to give us all this content as fast. And granted, I I wasn't too happy with how fast the movies were coming out, because I felt like it was just, you know, it, it was back to back to back, but, you know... I
0: think I, I can see where you're coming from, but part of me was, like, they did it the smart way by doing canon... Side story, canon, side story, canon Yeah I feel like if it was sh- three years in a row Straight canon No It wouldn't yeah. have worked Right But right. they're also doing it the smart way This way too By focusing on Disney Plus content With ah- Ahsoka uh, The Book of Fett Bad Batch um, Was it Mando- seat, or Mandalorian uh, the the Obi Wan series, the, the, the Command Squadron, or something like that. There's something Squadron. There's another
1: one coming out too. Another show.
0: Oh, the Patty Jenkins one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is
1: that I Disney Plus
0: an, or is that a movie?
1: I think it's Disney Plus. I don't think it's a movie.
0: But yeah, I know what you're talking because, like, yeah, and not really releasing anything big in theaters. Like, I don't. And honestly, I don't know where you could take the the saga anymore. Like, so, yeah, I think that's I, feel the, like, I think
1: that's the thing like with all the the story the, I feel
0: like is good now like it's it's done.
1: Yeah. And like but then again like with all the backlash that everyone was giving it you know because Star Wars being one of the biggest fandoms if not the biggest fandom in the in the world it's also the most uh you know judgmental because Everyone but like you and I use. said
0: in our group chat, the biggest problem with fandoms is the fucking fandom. Yeah, it is the like- fandom.
1: So I feel like they, you know, they needed to hit the brakes on the movies, which I'm glad they did. I'm kind of glad, you know, the ones, the trilogy that um, the guys from Game of Thrones were supposed to do kind of fell through. I'm glad they kind of pump the brakes and all of that. Let's well, focus on the it's show. Beca-
0: <laughs> it's because they would have put out two really good movies, and that third one would have been trash all the way. To- yeah, yeah, let's be real. Yeah, yeah, let's yeah.
1: be real. <laughs> I mean, but I've like, like I've like, I like the new trilogy. I like what they did with it. You know, it's it's fun watches, and, I, and like we've said in the past. Like, you know the the other movies are not award winners either. You know, they're not. You know. Movies and yes, they're movies that you know that are like the symbolism of a generation, but they're not award winners, you know. And these ones are are the same; they're not award winners either. You know, they're not winning best, you know, best, you know, best movie, best, you know, screenwriter. They're not winning like all of that. Yeah, they're just good movies that you know we enjoy for like nostalgic reasons and
0: and honestly, you know. I think if you're going to be a Star Wars fan and come into the fandom and this this. I feel like I'm a casual Star Wars fan, like as casual as you can get, because um, I've seen all nine movies. And that's about it, and I've obviously seen the first two seasons of Mandalorian. I never watched Clone Wars. I didn't get into all the side stories and the comic books and stuff. Or obviously, and obviously, uh, Solo and Rogue One as well. But mm-hmm. I never really got into like the the cartoons or anything like that. I don't get into like the extended canon or whatever they want to call it i i literally stick to like the core uh, essentially the core releases Mm -hmm. and that's it and this might be some toxic like fandom coming out of me but i feel like if you're going to be a star wars fan and you come into a star wars fan fandom and be like these movies are the greatest thing ever they should win all the awards you're You're not coming into the fandom for the right reasons, then. No, because the only things—if you want to see these movies win awards, then watch like the pre-show where they give the awards for like best visual effects or something like that. Because it's the only thing this movie's ever going to win. Like, I'm not going to lie to you these these stories—they're good, but they're not the greatest stories ever told. No, the the acting is good, but it's not the greatest acting ever. The directing is good, but it's not the greatest directing ever. Like yeah. you, but visually, I don't see visually. Yes. Visually. Amazing. Give it every award that even musically too. even like best original scores or something John like that. Because John Go? Williams knocks that shit out of the water every single time. This dude's oh, been yeah. doing it for like, I don't know. Star Wars came out in 1977. Yes. That was the first one when it was just called Star Wars, before A New Hope was tagged onto it, it was literally just called Star Wars. This dude's been doing it for, like, 50-something years now. And he does not miss a note. Pun intended. <laughs> In any movie, he does, honestly. He does, he does not miss a, miss oh, a note. Oh, John Williams is the greatest. One of the greatest. I mean, I feel like Trent Reznor is pretty good up. Like, he, for me, though, it's, it's literally John Williams Trent Reznor.
1: I feel like, well, Reznor's new. Like, you yeah know,
0: but i'm also like, like just a resner fan so maybe yeah like uh, like, like
1: for, for me like all time it's gonna be john williams Hans zimmer oh shit God. yeah 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 han zimmer's so good Fucking um, batman dark knight series the whole yeah. the fucking honestly, joker <laughs> honestly i um, i got the the soundtrack for interstellar because it's one of like one of my favorite movies and the the cornfield chase uh track he does in that brings me to tears. The cat was like me too yeah the the track in that one just brings me the tears man like it's it's so powerful and just hearing him like-
0: i'm gonna shoot myself in the foot here i can't believe i said this i i hate myself for saying this that i would go john williams trent Reznor. no bro john williams john carpenter let's be real here. why would i come on how could i forget the goat and no
1: disrespect to Ennio to Enio uh, Morricone. I just say I don't watch enough of his. Uh, his movies. honestly, the
0: only things I know him from are Hateful the Eight. Django on tra- not, Dang, not even use the Django Unchained. Yeah, uh, he got pissed because Quentin Tarantino didn't necessarily get permission to use his stuff, yeah. and told him that he would never work with him. And then you know, Hateful Eight, which that Hateful Eight soundtrack, mm, perfect, Chef's Kiss. It, it literally like it makes you feel cold. <laughs>
1: Yeah, but like you know, he's he's really good, obviously too. You know, he's probably one of the greatest of all time. He's just who was who's very underrated, like because of he
0: probably has the second most recognizable uh, sounds that yeah, definitely because literally, like if you think of sound, like just scores, I would say uh, Star Wars, obviously, Mm -hmm. and then Good, Bad, and the Ugly, which plays the Ecstasy of Gold in it, yeah, which fucking. Metallica opens every show with "Ecstasy of Gold."
1: Yeah, that's their like opener.
0: Yeah, good shit. And it's not even them playing it; it's just like them playing the the sound. Like, yeah, it's just them playing the, playing the track
1: as I am them. Some being played.
0: Uh, real quickly, though, I also watched Almost Famous. Which have you ever seen that? No, maybe. So it's made. It's written and directed by Cameron Crowe, who uh-huh. is known for Jerry Maguire, uh-huh. Show Me the Money. Yeah, uh, but before he was a before he was a, uh, a movie maker, he actually worked for Rolling Stone magazine. He was one of their youngest writers. He was only like seventeen at the time. Wow. Okay. Uh, but cool. so in almost famous, he follows this band, uh, not a real band, but it's loosely based off of Greg Allman because, or not the Allman Brothers because that's, Brother the that, yeah, that's the band that yeah, uh, because that's the band that. Cameron Crowe actually legitimately followed for Rolling Stone magazine okay. back in like the seventies or whatever. There's a couple like uh, photos that they show throughout the movie that mm-hmm. like, if you see it, it's like, it's the actors. It's like Billy Crudup and uh, Jason Lee are the two big people that you would know from the band. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's the actors posing as the band, but it's mm-hmm. clearly a, a reference to like a famous Almond Brothers cover, like okay. an album cover or something like that. Um, so it's about him following this band and kind of like finding out who he is, falling in love with a girl named Penny Lane, and like it's just it's it's. It, it's not gonna work because she's a groupie but she doesn't want to be called a groupie but she's a groupie right right. like that it's really good uh they call him the enemy the entire time because he's a rock journalist (laughs) and like uh, philip seymour hoffman's in it oh yeah he plays the guy who like created cream magazine okay so he's kind of like his mentor throughout the episode or throughout the uh the movie is like yeah man he's fucking rock journalist man they'll fucking tear you down man he's like but you are what he's like i'm a different breed man I'm yeah. <laughs> different man. no worry about me don't write for rolling stones they'll edit your shit without your permission and shit like that like uh and then uh penny lane's played by um goldie hahn's daughter kate hudson I kate hudson yeah yeah yes, yes. Which is always funny to me that, like, she technically, no, not even technically. Well, yeah, technically, so I don't think they're married. Her stepdad is Kurt Russell.
1: So weird. <laughs> right? Yeah.
0: There was this, she dated Zach Braff for a while and they went to a Halloween party. and Zach Braff went to the Halloween party dressed up as Jack Burton from Big Trouble in Little China. <laughs> it was the best. <laughs> I absolutely loved it. Uh, awesome. But, um, Anna Paquin's in it. Uh, Francis McDormand's in it as well. He okay. plays like basically Cameron Crow's mom. Okay, um, cool. It's a really good movie. Great soundtrack. Um, like a bunch of seventies rock again, things like that. Um, which is like what Lords of Dogtown did too as well. Mm-hmm. Um, there was like uh, they went to a concert and like Bowie happened to be there and like they his first concert that he went to to get a like a write up on. Mm -hmm. was about supposed to be about black sabbath so like they make modern movie or music references like that like it's not like a fictional world where like the band that he's following is the greatest band in the world no it's like some mid-level like they're called like like, a mid-car yeah
1: Yeah. they're, they're still growing
0: yeah so like they're like I don't know. There's just like one of those bands that like, yeah, you know who they are. You might recognize a song, but you probably don't actually know who they are. Kind of deal. Right. Uh, Billy Crudup does acid in the movie. That's where you get the line of like, uh, I'm our drugs. I'm a golden God. (laughs) But so if you ever hear someone say that, that's where it's from. And it was like, what do you want? What do you want? Rolling stones to know your last words are. He goes, uh, drugs. (laughs) 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 Um, and then I also watched. What did I watch last night? Oh, last night I watched Freddy versus Jason. Nice. Which awesome. gets a lot of shit, but doesn't need to get a lot of shit. But we'll talk about that later. Anyway, let's get into the Star Wars. More Star Wars talk here.
1: Well, real quick, I forgot uh, to mention earlier. We I uh, just watched a documentary on Netflix called "The Last Blockbuster."
0: Oh, I could not finish that. You couldn't finish it. I was bored out of my mind. Really? Yes. I liked it. I thought it was. I thought it was cool. It's quirky. I thought it was super slow. Yeah, I, I think
1: I. For me, I I'm a
0: huge documentary fan. I liked it.
1: Uh, I thought it was good. And we also watched uh, American Murder: The Watts Story, the Chris Watts story. Chris Watts. Chris. He murdered his his uh, his wife, two daughters, and the wife was pregnant.
0: Uh I still have not brought myself to fucking watch that. Like I know the story because I followed it for a while. Yeah,
1: we followed it when it like first happened.
0: Movies. I just like, I, me knowing what happens, like, I just, ooh, I want to watch it. Like, cause I like doc. Like I said, it doesn't, I like documentaries. It doesn't, it doesn't get I don't want to like, it doesn't get
1: too detailed. Like you see like the, the police were videos that if, of them, uh, of them talking to him, you know, taking the polygraph and all that stuff, but they don't get super detailed. Like you see, they, they bring up text messages between them and all this stuff, but it was pretty good. Uh, but it wasn't nothing too new for me to to know what it was. Um, and then, like I said, we, today we watched the last Blockbuster, which you said was slow, but to me it was it was good, only because they we talked about Blockbuster in my business class last semester, you know, and what, you know, what brought them to fail, which everyone thinks Netflix is the main reason, which it wasn't, it was just like the last nail in the coffin for them. But it, it was a good, it was a good, uh, good little documentary, brought back some nostalgic feels for it.
0: Yeah, I do miss. I mean, obviously, if you're you're listening to the show or you you know our show, I mean, the whole color aesthetic for our show was like me literally just going, "Hey, let's make it blockbuster colors," because like they just bring back fond memories. Like maybe I'll rewatch
1: it again, but like you should watch it. I mean, Kevin Smith's in it. Like that's your guy, right? Yeah,
0: there. I I watched, He's a scummy like. He's just coming villainy. He's hanging out there. Yeah, I watched like the first 30 minutes of it, but uh I'll speaking of documentaries, I did watch the Netflix documentary about uh Biggie Smalls. Oh yeah. Notorious B I G. It's called like uh I think it's called like Biggie, I got a story to tell. Okay. Or something like that. Um it was run of the mill kind of deal, I guess you could say, about like It hits, you know, what you know about Biggie. Hits all the points. In a way, they kind of, they wait to talk about the Tupac stuff Mm -hmm. until, like, the last 15 to 20 minutes. And they more or less gloss over it. It's just like, yeah, as you know, you know, him and Tupac, they did some stuff together, and then they weren't friends anymore, and then they both died. Like, that's kind of how. Oh, that's a shame. That's kind of how the last, like, 15, 20 minutes went. Um and it, it goes back to what we were saying about Walt Disney and even George Lucas earlier. Like you like someone, you like what they do, but they're not necessarily like an idol. They, they shouldn't I be should say.
1: because of what they did. And like or I'm with, not or saying Biggie was to. like a
0: yeah. I'm not saying Biggie was like a horrible person. Like it's it's well documented and well known that like before he was a rapper, he sold drugs. Like he that's what he yeah. did. Uh But it seems to me like any time they bring up Biggie, they have to bring in Puff, which is understandable because Puff is the reason he got on a label and all that. Um, but it seems like Puff is so hell bent to make Biggie look like an absolute saint that it comes off as like Biggie can do no has done no wrong in his life. Right. And I feel like that's we talk about Suge Knight a lot. They didn't really mention Suge. No. Actually, I don't think they mentioned him at all. I feel
1: like which is, again,
0: one of those things I thought was weird that they kind of glossed over, because I feel yeah. like the reason he died has a lot to do with Shug Knight. Yeah, it definitely does. Just like that whole East Coast... They they want to say it's imaginary now because they don't want to deal with it, but like there was an East Coast, West, West Coast beef. It ended oh, yeah. when Biggie and Tupac died, because they were probably the two biggest names yeah. that, like would be associated with it but there yep. was a beef there was shots traded on records and all that like you can't say there wasn't you can't right. say it's imaginary i mean fucking he recorded it like probably like six months before it actually happened but biggie literally released a song called who Shotcha," and it's not about tupac but by the time he released it it kind of became about tupac
1: yeah i just it was coincidental but the timing in and everything
0: but it got me to because I realized I had never like actually like other than like Hypnotize and Juicy, mm. like those are the only songs I would know off the bat. Uh, but it got me to actually go back and listen to his two albums that he released while he was alive. Well, technically the second album is uh post ominous, but um it was released like six days after he died. Yeah. So, I don't know if they can, they considered it as like a when he was alive album, but even though, like, I mean, he was
1: alive when it was, you know, obviously, like,
0: he put sort of, <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, it was, it was interesting. They interviewed his mom and stuff. She was really sweet to watch because she was like, I've, I've only ever listened to the albums once. And that's all I wanted to do. Like, after he died, I put them on once and never again. Like, I just, I didn't want to see him like that. Like this wasn't like it was my son, but it wasn't necessarily my son. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was an interesting documentary. I like documentaries like that. Like there's a whole docu-series on Netflix called a hip hop evolution, Mm -hmm. which is like two seasons long. It's really good. Um, But they, each episode they take different, like they start out with the birth of hip hop. They end that season with the, uh, the start of gangster rap and you get into like southern rap so they talk about <laughs> Texas rap you know uh, UBK I mean sorry UGK underground kids yeah. kings or whatever it is um Paul Wall's interviewed in it at one point like
1: Oh god Paul Wall <laughs>
0: <laughs> I heard him on a track the other day fucking him Riff Raff and Yellow Wolf all on one track Oh Jesus it's actually really good too <laughs> Anyway, all right. Now we get,
1: now we can get to the Star Wars stuff. Sorry for the quick quick sidetrack, but that's that's what this podcast is. It's a it's a bunch of sidetracks.
0: Star Wars. So we were told to watch Rogue One and Solo, which I've seen enough so I can like I've seen I've seen it enough that I can tell you what the fuck happens without actually having to watch it. Even though I've only seen Solo three times. It's a pretty straightforward movie. Like you, you know what happens. You know what's going on. Yeah, and that was my thing about... I guess we'll start with Solo. Even though it came out second. Let's start with Solo. Okay. So, that's the thing about Solo. is I saw it in theaters. And I was a little bit hyped for it. Just because, honestly, the only real, real reason I was hyped for it. Was because Donald Glover as Lando Calrissian. Yes. I thought that was perfect casting. Um I remember when they announced like the short list, he was on it as long also with the kid that plays Miles Morales in um Spider-Verse or Voices. I shouldn't say kid because he's like my age probably, but he's also in that movie Dope. His name's like Shamik Moore or something like that. Um, Michael B. Jordan was on the shortlist at one point, which I don't think would have worked.
1: No, I feel like for me, Donald was the perfect casting because he had that. He has that like aura of, of coolness that, that fits Lando, you know, especially if it's supposed to, if it's supposed to be like a young Lando, he need, you need someone who's, who would be smooth and cool. And I feel like Donald can do that. Like he does, he does that well. And like, if you watch other things he's been in, he can play that very kind of casual style person.
0: Well, the other thing that sold me on it was, uh, at the time the shortlist was like announced or released a little bit, um, he was releasing his album "Awaken My Love," yeah. which has a very seventies funk vibe to it mm-hmm. and he was living that aesthetic as well he grew out like a little mustache he grew yeah, out bro. his fro he grew yeah. like he looked like he belonged in the 70s i posted it up on my facebook at the time and i'll have to find it and send it to you but i literally put a picture of young billy d as lando and donald glover as awaken my love donald glover next to each other literally perfect, perfect. Yeah, literally perfect. like you you would say it's the, like you would say like yeah yeah just yeah that's all you would say These is are the yeah, guys, that's yeah. that's the that's it right there um i didn't really like aaron alden reich or whatever his name is um it's uh i really know alden aaron reich close enough close enough yeah, I didn't really know what he was other than Hail Caesar, which I never saw. I didn't really like know what he was in before. So I was like, all right, new actor. That seems kind of cool. The yeah. lady from Game of Thrones. I was like, all right. Yeah, they kind of needed a big name. Uh, Paul right. Bettany was in it as well. Paul he's in it. Which shocked me. Um, but I also like before I went into it and like before I did, tried not to read anything about it or anything like that. I was like, look, I know what this movie is going to do. They're going to go in there. They're going to have him." If he doesn't have it already, they're gonna find a way to get him to the Millennium Falcon. They're gonna have him meet Lando. They're gonna have him meet Chewie. They're gonna have him run the Castle Run, mm-hmm. and that's about it. Like I, I even said something along the lines, and they kind of, they kind of hint at it towards the end. But I was like, I bet you anything, they'll end it at, in the Cantina itself. Like they'll just have him like, in, like they'll end the movie with him taking a seat. Like, you know, that's where, all right, yeah, this is where we're going to go next. Because yeah. obviously, um, <clears throat> and for the most part, they did all that.
1: Yeah, they gave us all that. You know, they give us your introduction to, of, of him and Chewie. You know, they give us the beam of the friendship. Uh, they show you how they give us the whole argument that, you know, he, he cheated against Lando to, to get the, the Falcon. You know, which is a joke when they, you know, in in the old movies is like, Yeah, I won that Fair and Square, which you know, he they they played the game, which was great, you know, them playing the little game to for the Falcon. That was cool. Um so, yeah, I meeting Paul Bentney. I liked the I liked seeing him as a like a smuggler, you know, that we can see the smuggling side of him like doing the work with Woody Harrelson, which I thought was cool. It was cool to see Woody Harrelson in the movie. But to see him kind of go through the struggles of trying to, to get by, get the money, just to kind of get out of the trouble that, that the empire was kind of giving on them already. He wanted to get out of that life.
0: The uh, four little, like the four armed little alien dude that was in Woody Harrelson's crew, mm-hmm. is voiced by John Favreau. If you didn't know,
1: is he? I didn't know that. hard. Yeah,
0: I think that's kind of where like that whole working relationship with Disney started. Which honestly, um, if you ever, well, talking going more, back,
1: he's been doing Marvel movies, like he's been doing Marvel stuff,
0: yeah. But for me, honestly, if you go back to like Disney, like, yeah, we're glad they're taking a break and all that as far as movie goes. But if you ever want to give a Kevin Feige like role to someone, give it to Favreau or even Dave Filoni.
1: They need to give it to both of them, they need to give Filoni and Favreau the the reins for star Wars and let them control it. You know, I, I feel like I, those
0: two know what they're doing.
1: Yeah. I mean, Kathleen Kennedy was supposed to be overseeing everything. She was supposed to be kind of like a, a Feige role, but you know, with, with the mixed reviews of the, of the new trilogy, I feel like they had to pump the brakes on that. And I feel like they, they need, they need to turn to felonia and Favreau if they really want to, Take Star Wars to the next level, like they ultimately wanted, like plan to. They need to give them the reins to oversee everything. I mean, and Grant, like I said, it, it's I I like the new trilogy, but obviously there was you know there's some flaws in it, and everyone wants to point the finger at someone. They all kind of point at and Kennedy. But I feel like if you give the reins to Filoni and Favreau, they know what how the much hell is doing. that.
0: How much of that is. Going back, how much is that? Just the fandom being toxic, really? Like, I didn't like this, so I got to point the finger at someone. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean that's... because honestly, but... I I like Solo. Yeah, Solo's a good I don't, movie. I don't love Solo, and the reason, and I can actually sit here and point a finger at why I don't like Solo, and it's not Kathleen Kennedy. It's the fact that they got rid of, um. Oh, shit what are their names Phil Lord and Chris Miller who okay. did the Lego movie and Spider Verse, right and 21 and 22 Jump Street so like that's their that's they they were the original directors and writers for Solo they even came up with the funny ass name of calling the working title Red Cup <laughs> um, I that yeah they were fired because they thought the script was too funny. And like, part of me is like, but Han Solo's kind of a funny asshole. though. Like you kind of need him to be funny. Like you can't have like, yeah, he's a smuggler and all this. So he's kind of like a serious dude, but he's also an asshole. Like he's just a straight up asshole. Like, yeah, he's going to be a
1: dick. And you need him not, to be funny. He's a good guy, but he's not like the best guy. Oh, I say, yeah, got, you know, the whole he's a bad guy, but he's not a bad guy. Yeah,
0: that's the kind um, of persona you need, need him to portray. So they fired them because they thought the script was too funny. But and they brought in uh, Rod Howard mm-hmm. to rewrite the script and all that and direct it and all that. And it was still like, mildly funny like
1: yeah i had enough part of me was like what
0: what the hell did they turn down humor wise because this and i just like for me it just seemed like a a waste for those two talents to be getting this far into the movie for ron howard to come in completely rewrite and reshoot everything like yeah and i like ron howard like there's nothing against him but just, yeah don't but, get me wrong nothing against yeah. him i mean to be honest though his daughter does direct a better star wars just saying i mean she directed like two or three episodes of season two amando
1: and they were great They
0: were yeah so they great. were like some of the best episodes <laughs> the last season they were so great like i'm pretty sure it was the one i know for sure one she directed was when um katan and um you know sasha banks whatever her character name was amanda went on the ship
1: yeah she, didn't, like she, no, the, that initially. episode
0: where they all like met and like did some shit together mm-hmm. pretty sure that was a bryce dallas, dallas howard episode
1: mm-hmm.
0: and i'm like why can't your dad do this <laughs>
1: uh, but yeah like i said that i i enjoy the movie it's not it's i like the it's movie. it's not a bad movie it's not a bad no. movie it's just like it's it's just like there was you're gonna have a filler, and I think of of the new movies. Solo was probably the least, I guess, like excitement people had for for a movie because it's like, oh, it's solo, okay. Well.
0: But I wonder if that's because of, like what I said, where like you know what you're gonna get it in this movie. I you know I maybe but it's because you lot. couldn't do a solo movie without doing the Kessel Run, in my opinion. You couldn't do the solo movie without giving you a story of how he got the millennium falcon yeah now, maybe maybe they because i thought there was talks and i do wish cole was here because he knows this shit but i thought there was talks that there were going to make like two or three movies out of this out of solo himself like do some of his adventures mm-hmm. so maybe they could set some of that stuff up with the first one but i feel like they for a lack of a better term blew their load in the first movie and can't really go anywhere else because like they hit the the known solo like origins or i want to say like hit, they uh, covered their bases already myths with all or of, legends yeah,
1: they kind of covered everything like you give us the, you give us the kessel run you know you give us the falcon you give us you know the the little back and forth with lando and everything you know you give us you give us all the small things Chewie. we need to you, Chewie, you give us all the small things to to know okay yeah that's a, this is solo like this is fine this is all i need I, you know and but then like at the very end they show us darth maul you know they give us yeah and i was
0: like i oh. had to talk to someone about that because i did not understand that because mm-hmm. la- like i said earlier in the podcast i i'm i guess i could say i'm a casual fan because i literally only watched the, the move the big releases. I never watched the cartoons, Clone Wars, or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So I was confused as shit while I was seeing Darth Maul on screen. And I, and I was like, what the fuck is happening?
1: You're like, is you're probably like, wasn't well, he supposed to be dead? Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. So uh-huh. someone was like, oh um and I didn't want to like because they were somewhere else and they didn't get to go see it right away. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to spoil it for them though but they were like I don't really care. This movie looks like trash. I was like well Darth Maul's at the end of it and now I'm really confused. And like they explained it to me and all this and like that's cool and all, but like, again, if you're if you're into the if you're into like the Star Wars canon and lore and all that, it makes sense. But for someone like me, it kind of doesn't make sense.
1: Right? Yeah. Like you, you have to kind of know, like, how is he still alive? And that gets into like you have to know like the stuff from the stories and the cartoons. Like he, he lives, you know, in the cartoons. No, he, and he runs like a clones. crime
0: syndicate or something. Yeah, like
1: that. he runs a crime syndicate that. Uh, takes like in the cartoons he takes over mandalore and okay. at, at one point he has the dark saber and and everything like so that's so that's do what you think we'll happens. see
0: that in Mandalorian? i'm i'm really hoping well, no that. because i don't know how they would do it because did you because you have to kill someone to get the dark saber like that's yeah doing. and jardan has it right now go watch the cartoons Okay. Watch the cartoons so we can have more conversations like this. Fuck, man, <laughs> that's because, a lot of TV. Because, you, I mean, I'm gonna wait to announce this. What I was gonna announce later, like because, the cool, exciting thing for our show, but like, because Mando, fuck man, that's a blade, lot, <laughs> yeah. Because Mando
1: having the blade, and I'm like, well, how the fuck did we even get here? And that's when I started watching the cartoons, and I was like, ah, I was like, okay, now I did
0: see this thing, it was like a but, meme of like.
1: At the end of clone wars i was like well how does it get there still so there's still some room they have to kind of cover like if they were to do more things but go watch the cartoons that way you can you can understand more finally i did see didn't... a
0: meme of uh what's bo katan or whatever her name is mm-hmm. it was like kill mando for the dark saber it's like that meme where it's like Drake like, like no and then like Drake, like yeah, that's the oh, right okay, one. Okay, okay. But it was like kill Mando for uh, the dark saber. But it was Bo Tango and mm-hmm. And then it was like marry him and just take it from it. It's like yeah, <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is the way.
0: <laughs> no man, like uh, I, I thought Paul Bentley fucking killed his role And it. Like He's I so legit. For a wrestling term, I popped when he was on screen. I was like, "Oh shit, this dude!" Like, goddamn, let's go. <laughs> he know, played the Unibomber too, which fucking amazing, by the way. I I have so much
1: like, I get so high for Paul Bettany because the man was fixing to become homeless right before he got the call to become Jarvis for Iron Man. He was on the brink of. Wasn't he in
0: fucking um uh Da Vinci Code or something like that
1: though Yeah he he plays uh he played a
0: uh like a follower in Da Vinci Code I f- but- vague, I saw that movie in theaters and I the reason it sticks with me is because of him slapping his back with the beads or whatever
1: Yeah he he would punish himself to to kind of like walk the same path as 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 Jesus you know he suffers the way he suffered But yeah like um from from I remember from what, from what I remember he was basically on the brink of, of being homeless because, you know, he wasn't getting jobs and stuff like that. He wasn't making money. But then he got the call to be Jarvis, and he was like, yeah, let's fucking take it. Like, take it. you know. And, and then look
0: where it went in. Like, yeah, damn. Like he,
1: he goes for being the voice of an AI, you know, and from there, he, you know, he has a career for 10 plus years. And now he's, you know, he was the, the launching show for the MCU on, you know, on Disney+. Plus. It was a great show. I mean, it was really good.
0: I haven't finished it yet, but the episodes that I saw, amazing. Yeah. I you know and so like whenever I see
1: him in something like like especially newer times, I'm like, fuck yeah, Paul. But then you're like, good for you, dude. Like he's like it's like he's a, he's just a great comeback story from from everything he went through.
0: Oh shit, he's in one of my favorite movies. Which one? A Knight's Tale.
1: Oh I about, yeah, I was about to say, I was like, he was in a night's tale. We see him butt-ass naked, covered in mud, walking down the street, and they're like, "Oi, what are you doing?"
0: <laughs> he was also in um, another comic book movie called Priest. Yeah, I remember Priest. Priest was a good movie. I wish I would have done more of that. Uh, yeah, dude, like he really took like he played the uh there's this like Discovery Channel show called Manhunt, mm-hmm. and the first season was about the Unabomber. So it was him and, um, what's Sam Worthington. Okay. We're in it. Um, Mm -hmm. Sam Worthington plays the FBI agent that pretty much cracks the, the code of like, match this handwriting with this handwriting and this colloquialism with this colloquialism and boom, you got who the fuck is the Unabomber and Paul Bettany plays the Unabomber, Ted Kaczynski. Dude's been like, yeah, uh. I would say that um, looking at his filmography right now definitely MCU kicked his shit off like he was in some movies and then MCU really kind of like took him from a you know being someone in a night's tale who was more or less a supporting actor bit role kind of deal yeah. to holy shit that's Paul Bettany. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. Like I said he you know he was on the brink of just you know nothing and then the MCU you know picked him up and he it's funny because like he he became such a well-known like he became well-known and you don't see his face
0: he is and, and the fact that we, he became we don't see him bro yeah we don't like see arguably him the biggest until, character ever in marvel yeah we don't see him until
1: we don't actually see him physically until so much later in the movies which is you know
0: but it's great because he know, played jarvis in the first iron man which is the first mcu movie yeah you don't really see him you don't see him until what age of ultron yeah you don't just like age of ultron the 15th movie at that point like yeah
1: but he was just jarvis the whole time and then he becomes vision which i'm like it's fucking cool so anytime i see paul benny i'm like fuck yeah dude
0: you're awesome and i like his role uh he was an interesting character just because like he wasn't like he was evil but like you almost like were like it's Paul Bendy, so I don't like hate him but damn yeah, you' like, ah, you're like
1: you're a bad guy but damn it I love you <laughs>
0: <laughs> but no I mean I feel like solo like honestly just like it's just a fun movie to watch like it is even if it's it's a good enough. Here's the here, for, okay. So, the difference between Rogue One and Solo for me here is I feel like I could any given day, you know, be bored, want to do something late at night, you know, put on a movie. Mm-hmm. I feel like Solo is that movie versus Rogue One because Rogue One would be like, well, now I kind of want to watch the rest of the Star Wars movies,
1: right? You got to pay attention, to, you know,
0: or at you least know. New Hope, right. Because like the way it ends, you're just like, holy shit it's Like you have to continue. Yeah, exactly. Right,
1: right. Yeah, it, like I said, it's it's a good movie, but it's not one that I like I'm not super crazy about. But like, you know, I enjoy it whenever I see it. And but like I feel like it is the it is probably the weakest one of the newer of the newer movies. But like I said, it was it was probably gonna be played that way because just because you know it was, it was not. It's not the main focus, and it wasn't something super big. You know what I mean? Like, yes, Solo is a big character, but he's not our main focus in the in the movies. You know what I mean?
0: He's still. I will say that one does suffer from like the thing you were saying earlier, where like they maybe released him too quick. Yeah, I feel like that is a movie that seemed like, well, we did Rogue One as a filler movie. We kind of need to do something else, and let's do a solo movie. Because what it
1: came out after Last Jedi, right? If I remember correctly, it was last yeah.
0: Five,
1: Then, so I'm
0: pretty sure it was. I'm pretty sure it was Force Awakens, Rogue One, Last Jedi.
1: Solo.
0: yeah, so it was 2015 was Force Awakens. 2016 was Rogue One. 2017 was Last Jedi. 2018 was um, Solo. 2019 was Rise of Skywalker.
1: And I think it's just because like it was, we got the Last Jedi, and you're like, "Well, fuck! I need to finish. I like, I want to finish this now." And then you're given Solo, and it's not what you want because you want the end of the trilogy. For me, it was kind of the same way. I felt the same way when we got Captain Marvel. Like, I don't want to see this. I want to see Thanos. Give me Thanos in the MCU. Like, okay. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't care for Captain Marvel. Like. To me, they should have done that first, but then everyone would have been like, "Well, why doesn't Captain Marvel just come back and save everybody?" So, like, I get it, I get why they had to put it here, but to me, it was just like, eh, I don't, I don't care for this movie very much. To me, it felt like a filler.
0: Yeah this this is probably the only, I guess you would call it Disney Star Wars that felt absolutely like a filler, and mm-hmm. I again that goes back to the fact that you basically know what's going to happen in this movie before you see it. Right. Like, it's essentially just Han Solo's greatest hits.
1: Yeah, essentially. All in one movie. And now to, to kind of transition to the other movie, Rogue One, you know, all we know, for me, like, going into it, all we know of Rogue One was it is a plot to, it was a plot, that was, hey, we're gonna steal the plans for the Death Star. We lost some soldiers along the way, because you know any other reference to reference to the the events that happened in Rogue One is in the crawl in, of the first movie. It Was in the crawl of the first movie, and it was when they were talking to what's her name, Ma, uh, the lady in the white dress. It wasn't Leia; it was the other lady. But they're like Ma something, Ma something, yeah, but. <laughs> Uh, many soldiers died to get this information. Don't let their deaths be in vain, basically. like That's all we got in the movies of the events of Rogue One. So I was like, I wonder what they're going to do because you have all these other movies that have vast storylines, but going into this, this is like, they only give you like, we only have a fragment of we know what happens in this movie. So for me, I was, me going in, I was very intrigued to see what they do. And as they, you know, as info rolled out for, for Rogue One and seeing the cast, I was like, oh, this should be really good because it had a lot of great actors in it. I mean, Felicity Jones being, uh oh, sorry, uh being Jin UrsO, which is the, the main character of the movie. You have Diego Luna, Alan Tudyk. Dude, uh, this
0: movie straight up, in my opinion, kicked off Riz Ahmed's, like. The reason why he's fucking Rizomed right now, you know? Yeah,
1: like, it was it was a good role for him. But there's so many good actors, like, just... Because he was in, was... like,
0: a TV show before this on, like, HBO. And, like, yeah. if you watched the TV show, you knew who he was. But, like, it was like, dude, he's one of the best characters in this fucking movie. And, like, he's everywhere now. Like, fucking Sound of Metal? Oh, my God. Yeah, he was, I mean,
1: a great movie for him. But, yeah, like, just everyone... And then everyone else in it, you know, Ben Mendelsohn... Uh, I can't, I can't pronounce his name, his last name right. Let me
0: look at it up real quick. Uh, Ken. Oh, the dude know? from, uh, what's that movie called? IP Man or something like that? Yeah, I, I want right <laughs> well, to say it right because I don't want to get it wrong. Well, you kind of had to say it right too. Yeah, goddammit, shut up, sorry. Right.
1: No, it's. uh sorry, Donnie Yen. Not Ken uh, Lentanabi, Donnie Yen. Um, he comes out on it. We get Forrest Whitaker, Saw Guerrero. We see Jimmy Smith as as, a Senator Organo. I was like, hell yeah. Dude,
0: I fucking, I legitimately cried in the theater when he popped up. I was like, it's. (laughs) Dude, seeing
1: Jimmy, I was like, Jimmy,
0: yes, man. Like, I'm so glad he was like, yeah, fuck it, I'll come back. (laughs) Well, like, you know, it was. Have, also, Alan Tudyk is the greatest name ever.
1: <laughs> Alan Tudyk was so great as as K2, as the fucking, as the droid that was uh, Diego Luna's uh, little buddy. Well, not little buddy, because he's big. But Oh, shit, Mads Mikkelsen? Yeah, Mads Mikkelsen was the bad, uh, not the bad guy, he was Jen Erso's father. Like, I was like, okay, so... To me, James, was,
0: fucking James Earl Jones. Yeah, James Earl Jones voicing Vader. Ryan John, or yeah, Ryan Johnson was in it. Unless yeah. I'm missing something, what do you? Who was he? He played like a, like he probably played like a bit role of like an imperial someone, but yeah, probably. Ryan, yeah, right here, bro. Uh, Ryan Johnson. That's crazy. Oh, yeah, he's
1: just he's just an imperial tech. Yeah, he was just a random person.
0: But, oh yeah, shit, Warwick David. Yeah. Which I'm pretty sure he played someone else before. Dave Filoni's in it. It doesn't say who he plays, but he was in it. Damn, not, they really got like
1: everybody. I'm not I'm not, not going to even tell you the shit you just pulled right now. What? Think about what you just said about Warwick Davids. You think he played someone else in Star I, Wars. I,
0: I, I know I'm he, la- he did. I'm, like I'm, I'm,
1: I'm going to let you ponder and think, who did he play in Star Wars? I know it was one of the
0: Ewoks, but I can't remember the name, right? You know what? Figure it out. Figure it out and come back to me. I'm not. I know for you. damn sure. I know for I'm damn sure he's you. not fucking. I know for damn sure he is not R two. That's a different dude. Wicked. Yeah, he was Wicked. Yeah. I just couldn't think of the name. I was thinking. <laughs> I was thinking like, was it or some shit like that. Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was close enough.
1: Anyway, anyway, going, going back to, to to Rogue One. I feel Rogue One is probably my favorite Star Wars movie like ever ever and i i think it's arguably one of the best it's probably the best star wars movie after empire because okay. they, they, they and let me tell you why let me tell you why okay you have a small idea like i said all they give us in a new hope is hey here's a here's the plans of the death star that some uh, some of our soldiers stole that's all they give you and they lay out a beautifully shot war movie because there are no jedi in it it's you see the side of star wars that isn't as glamorous as with the jedi you see a war happening from a controlling a controlling party and they're basically taking what they want and getting rid of whoever they need to get rid of to get what they need. And you just, it paints a, a very nice picture of the war that goes on that you don't see very much in the other movies. And I just, I, I just thought it was, I thought it was very well done for it to be just a suicide mission. I think it was very well done and it didn't need a
0: Jedi to make it very appealing. I 1000% agree with you. 1000 uh, to, even say that it's the best one since Empire. Fuck yeah, Empire's the best Star Wars movie. Like honestly, if you, if you take Rogue One out of the picture, if you if you literally had the, the nine movies that we had, the nine Skywalker trilogy, Empire is the best one out of all of them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The best one. But you have to add Rogue One into it. And I feel like, yeah, fucking Rogue One is a perfect Star Wars movie without a Jedi. Like, you do not... I mean, yeah, technically a Jedi technically kind of is in, it, uh, in the way of Vader. But at the same time, look how small his role is for how big his character is. Yes. We on, we
1: only see him a handful of times. I mean, we see him when... I would
0: have to look it up, but I would assume his his total screen time is maybe 10 minutes. I think so. It's not very
1: long. We see him when he calls Director Krennic to, to his castle and, you know, basically tells him, you know, hey, get your shit together. Don't fuck up again. And he force chokes, uh, you know, he force chokes uh, Krennic right there. And everyone's like,
0: oh, Jesus Christ, you know, he's force choking somebody. Well, I think the reason why people freaked out about that one so much, like went off about it so much, was not necessarily... I guess it's more sort of towards like how the movie ends itself. Mm-hmm. But it's not necessarily like, oh shit, it's Darth Vader he's force choking. It's the fact that you have to consider that this is this is Anakin Skywalker, like maybe two years after he became Darth Vader. So mm-hmm. his power's really fucking strong. Is he, yeah, and, and so that's why the force choke is like, oh shit. Cause dudes, like you know he can control that shit really well right there. And see, and that that's my
1: thing. That that this goes back to it being one of my favorite movies. Like we finally get to see a Vader like at at, not prime, at, at peak at not old. He's peak. Like he is he's Ali. He is Tyson in their in the, in his prime. You know, he's at his peak. And now you Abby. get to
0: see him again in the Obi Wan series, yeah, but because he's
1: so like he's so, fe- like, he's so just full of hatred and the anger that you want to see the Vader in, like, like as you look back at the old movies, yes, he's angry, but he's not the, uh, you know, as you get as you've gotten older and watch everything else, he's like you know he can be a fucking, you know, just ruthless person, and we finally get to see that, and so it's always like okay, this is you know this is what I wanted to see. I want to see him be the aggressive person who just lost his loved one not too long ago and it's driven him not not driven him insane but he is furious of because he wasn't able to do what he wanted to do
0: exactly dude like honestly like i love that vader's in this movie but he's also like i i saw some things early on when this movie came out like people were like um vader 100% made this movie and i don't agree with that at
1: all no i don't agree with that at all i mean he I feel like he was the the cherry on top to everything because he gives you
0: like And he the also last... doesn't feel forced. No, That's he doesn't feel forced no at pun all. intended. no pun intended. <laughs> but <laughs> like us... it doesn't seem like, oh, we need a recognizable character to make this movie make sense. And right. in a way they kind of do that early on in the movie when uh Jen and um Cassian go to the planet that saws on that ends up blowing up. Yeah jedda i think it is Mm -hmm. um the two dudes from the cantina in episode four walk past her and bump into her her. so
1: if you know the, they're small
0: characters but you kind of like you would recognize them so like if you if you go in the lines of like they're they're uh they're a character that everyone recognizes and that's why they're in this movie Mm -hmm. which i thought it was kind of dumb that they were in that scene to be honest with you i was was like all right it makes sense it's a nice nod because you know where they're going to go next, but...
1: Yeah, after the fact, once you kind of get to it, you're like, okay, this is why it happened.
0: But I feel like it, it, Vader does not... No, no. The plot of this movie makes this fucking movie. The yeah. the opening scene of this movie makes this fucking movie.
1: That was another thing.
0: The fact that there was no
1: scroll and no fanfare was... it just a, balls to the wall. It was such a big deal for me because I was like, we're not getting a Star Wars movie. We're getting something different it was just a you know a long time ago you get that part of it but then you get a you get a sharp dunna, and it, it pans to the
0: planet i don't think there was a scroll for solo either though was there i don't remember i don't think so but like but it still, makes sense I mean, well, be, because rogue it one, would rogue seem kind of out, no, out of place I
1: mean, there wasn't one for solo but since rogue one came out first it was the first star wars movie to not to not have one yeah so that's why I was like, whoa, like that's that's bold. That's big. And then to see like the opening sequence with with um with Krennick and Urso, you know, him trying to take him under arrest, you know, and then being like in a standoff with the death troopers behind him. I was like, that's it's fucking cool. Because like I said, this is this is not a movie about the Jedi. This is a movie about the war that goes on that we
0: the fucking Death Troopers, bro. Like yeah,
1: They're fucking neat. Yeah. They were a fucking, fucking killer. But this is this is not your Star Wars movie with Jedi. This is your move. This is your Star Wars <laughs> war movie. And I was, and that's why I was like,
0: I'm in. Like, I am so in for this. I will say I had a good laugh with the fact that uh I'm wondering if the Death Star or like, you know, they're Building or whatever has a gift shop. <laughs> Cause I don't know, she she had like a little stormtrooper doll bro it, like
1: it, yeah but it looked homemade obviously but I you know that'd be hilarious for them to have a gift shop
0: as you're exiting before we blow up please buy some gifts for the second time shop. we blow up
1: um, enjoy, enjoy your Death Stars at home
0: man, uh, one thing I wanted to say about this movie is you just hit on it too is it is so I don't know if you, you probably know this cause you're a fan and I'm sure most fans kind of know this. Even casual ones might know this, but um George Lucas wrote the entire, the first three movies um, as uh, at least the first movie. Cause I'm not, I can't remember exactly if you wrote the second in the, if you wrote empire and mm-hmm. Jedi, um, but he wrote star Wars or, as you know it now, a new hope as a response to the Vietnam War. Mm-hmm. Um, and but he put it in the aesthetic essentially of World War Two. Yeah. I mean, that's why we, you get the shape of Vader's helmet and the stormtrooper's helmet, they look like Nazi helmets. Yeah.
1: And honestly, um, like, you, can, you can see the comparisons of, you know, obviously the. The Empire is a very big, strong, ruling, you know, governing body. The Nazis.
0: Yeah. So he, but he wrote it as a space movie. So it would kind of fly under the radar. Now, the reason why I absolutely, so I used to do my own, you know, movie podcast before this one. um, And I said it on that one too. And I'll say it here again. I literally went to see this movie three fucking times in theaters three times within a week of it being out i saw it once with a friend once by myself and then once by myself again like two days later like i absolutely give me empire and give me this movie as star wars movies and i will be happy for the rest of my life these were the best move like this was the best fucking movie it was the in the trenches like if you think of like a vietnam movie or even a world war Two movie like let's um apocalypse now platoon mm-hmm. they're in the trenches showing you war from the soldier's perspective yeah not which like dark hour shows you war from the political perspective right which i like that too i'm with you like i was going to say earlier if you like dark hour you should probably check out the crown on netflix it's a good show i wanted to check that out uh, well, yeah oh it's about you, the queen but have seen it from a different angle that you don't get but to see they so do much. touch on like her relationship with Winston Churchill and all that. But like most, they're, they're, there's a bigger portion of war movies that are from the political perspective versus the soldier's perspective.
1: Yeah.
0: And I feel like one of the movies that did that the best was Born on the Fourth of July with Tom Cruise because it was from the for- soldier's perspective, but it was after the war and like the effects of it and shit right. like that. Um, it's a really hard movie to watch. I've only ever seen it once, but like it's really and uh, I I watched I watched platoon once and I cried and I was like I'll never watch this movie again. I'm glad I did, but I cannot watch this movie again. It's really fucking hard. Fury, the Brad Pitt tank movie, again from the soldier's perspective. Those are the type of war movies that I tend to enjoy a little bit more. Like mm-hmm. yeah, I do enjoy the political thrillers, but I do also kind of like that, and it sucks to say this because it can get misconstrued as the wrong way, but I do like the, the soldier perspective, action-packed movies. Right. And this was the first Star Wars movie that literally lived up to its name of Star in War. Yeah. like Because there was literally, literally trench warfare happening. Right towards the end on that beach, which honestly, that beach scene, one of the best sets Star Wars has ever done, in my opinion. Yeah, definitely. Like we get so
1: fucking beautiful. See large explosions. We see some Imperial walkers. We get to see normal soldiers running around, but large explosions on every dock bay. You know, there's just there's so much happening, and it's it's done well. And like I said, yeah, there's trench warfare because these dudes are jumping from hole to hole, you know, trying to stay covered as they're being shot
0: at and everything. And they did good by doing this, and it's stereotypical but it works and that's why they did it of picking a ragtag team to follow not necessarily like a whole soldier like a whole like squadron of an army like literally one little like sector within the yeah, army It was and a group it's of usually like, like, like the misfits
1: yeah it was a group of soldiers who felt like no they need to try they couldn't you know, say, oh, you know, we can't, the rebellion can't do this. We have to, you know, we have to try. And they went against orders like real rebels. You know, they went against their own rebellion who said, no, no, don't do this. We can't do this. We don't have the, we don't have the manpower for this. And they're like, now we got it. We can do this. We can, we can figure this out. And, you know, they did. And it brought the rebellion, you know, up to speed. They helped them. And it got, you know, it gave us, it gave us the end of the movie, which I feel like the last 20 minutes of this movie are arguably some of the best the best minutes of Star Wars because you get to see an angry Vader and then you get to see how this all ties in. Into and that's everything. funny,
0: though, because the last 20 minutes is not even where you get that angry Vader. Yeah, like you, you don't you get it him right early away. on in the movie. And then it's literally the last f- five minutes at best of like Vader just fucking you up.
1: But seeing like how they were able to transfer the you know they broke into the into the system to to get the the project details. They they were able to get it up to the to the fleet and you know all the intel that hey, we're down here, we need help. You know. This you know, it was they knew it was a suicide mission. They knew they weren't gonna come out.
0: You got goddamn lot. Admiral Akbar going, It's a trap.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, you you were able to see these guys you know they knew they weren't going to live but they knew that their lives were big word that the the, the the rebellion to continue was much bigger than their lives and they needed to get this done so the fact that they were able to transfer the you know transfer their uh, their info up to the to the rebellion fleet and get everything they needed and get the fuck out of there I thought it was like it was beautiful to watch them, you know, watch it unfold, and then we see the Death Star pull up, and it, you know, it Dude, drops. A, oh my drops God! That bomb, scene and seeing seeing Jin just sit there with with Cassian and just watch their fate come to them, like I was like, man, that is so great. You so yeah, it's sad, but it, it was it was amazing to see that play out.
0: The thing about that scene in particular, uh, at first when I saw it. I was just like, all right. I mean, it seems like a force like love plot. It mm-hmm. doesn't make sense. But then thinking about it later on and watching it since, um, I was like, it makes a lot of sense. And I don't hate it as much because like it, 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 you're you're you know you're gonna die. You Might as well kiss the yeah. girl you're with. Like just you're get it. You might as well have like why why live in why here? die like shady, you know, and just like die happy essentially like it's gonna happen so just like like like, why why die
1: with the last emotion you you feel is fear you might as well go out just comforting the person you're next to
0: exactly who's probably also
1: scared shitless too who's also yeah who's also scared shitless who who would appreciate the comfort knowing
0: they're not alone in this situation I just like man Rogue One like it was Solo does feel like a filler movie. Rogue One almost feels like a palate cleanser in a way um after Force Awakens because you get the killing of one of the biggest characters in the Star Wars universe which is Han Solo.
1: You get yeah, you get so many like nostalgic nods to the so past. You have
0: to like you have you to like live off of Han. that. Yeah. And like then you're, you're you get this, this, like, awesome years? palate cleanser. Exactly. And then you get this awesome palate cleanser of, like, this is a badass motherfucking movie right here. Like, holy
1: shit. Honestly, like, for me, Krennic, was, Krennic quickly became one of my favorite characters. because I What is like it, ben, ben
0: Madison or something like that? Dude is a great uh, actor.
1: Yeah, he's a, he's a great actor. He
0: was in uh, Ready Player One. Yeah, he's the bad guy from Ready Player One. Which going back earlier into the podcast, the dude who wrote the book for Ready Player One, uh, Ernest Klein, mm-hmm. wrote Fanboys, the movie. Yes, I was like, I found that out. Like, I kind of knew it before, but I didn't like because I didn't read Ready Player One at the time, and obviously I hadn't seen the movie at the time, right. so I didn't click on me. But I was looking at it the other, and I was like, oh shit! <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I mean,
1: Mendelsohn did really good, and then Mad Mickelson was. Was uh, Galen Erso, which was a scientist who was basically creating the Death Star, but he knew he was in, in the wrong for doing it, so he fled. He claimed, you know, his mind wasn't right, which I thought was pretty cool. Like it was, it was cool to see that people are trying to.
0: Did they mention uh, him in the scroll for a new hope? Because I'm pretty sure they did. I maybe it's been a
1: while since I've seen it.
0: I gotta Maybe. watch New Hope. But I wanna say his name is in a New Hope.
1: It might be. You might hear it in passing or you might need to see it in the scroll by I don't recall. But like it's it's cool to see people trying to defect from the Empire because they they're realizing what they're doing is not good. And you know, of course you see, you know, the other side of it like, like Krennic trying to Say what they're doing is right because you know this is what needs to be done. These rebels and everyone are in the wrong. They're destroying everything and stuff like that. And to see him have his power struggles, you know, with the empire to stay in control, because, um, like the like one of the first big like like my big holy fuck moment was when he got back to like uh, the imperial ship, and we see Governor Tarkin who was Peter Cushing. Yeah. Peter Cushing. He passed away, but they CGI'd him to be in the movie because he has to be in the movie because he was alive at the time. He fits the time of when Rogue one took place and he was governor Tarkin at the time.
0: Yeah. That movie's The, The Rogue one is also very bittersweet for me because literally like, as soon as I walked out of the theater, the first time you got the announcement that Carrie Fisher was dead. And I was just like, fuck. Like yeah. you literally just saw CGI that as much as people are like, Disney sucks with star Wars. You got to admit here. If it, if it wasn't for Disney, we wouldn't get these awesome. Cause like, look at Disney for, um, I want to say the second Avengers movie or even Captain America, uh civil war. Mm-hmm. They showed, young very young robert downey jr cgi talking to his parents really good look how perfect how people- that looked i don't think any other like clearly they did it in marvel before they did it in star wars mm-hmm. so they knew what they were doing when they went into it and th- it looked good that looked I i couldn't tell you the difference between 70s carrie fisher and 2016 cgi carrie fisher it was really good but it's also like i said it's a bittersweet moment because you're like Fuck yeah! You got Carrie Fisher saying hope, which this is, and you'll hear this a lot throughout this podcast, audience. um, I cry a lot during movies, (laughs) but this was the first Star Wars movie to literally like make me like ball like a big ass baby. Like when she said hope, I was gone. Like I was just fucking gone.
1: I I don't understand why people criticize Disney on their CGI because. Governor Tarkin looks spot on. My my best friend, she was sitting next to me and she's like, he looks I couldn't
0: great. tell you. I couldn't tell you the difference. I knew I knew he
1: I knew he was dead. She didn't know he was dead. Same. And I was, but she whispered to me, she like, <laughs> He looks good for his age. Yeah. She's like, he looks good for his age. I was like, he's been dead a year. That's CGI. And she's like, what? And I was like, yeah, that's CGI, man. And but he looks spot on. And the uh, the back and forth between him and Krennic was so good. Like the snarkiness, like they, they had the snarkiness of, of Tarkin. And it was just like, Oh, like it was, it was good to see him like that. And then, you know, as we get to the end of the movie where we see, like I said, arguably the greatest, probably one of the greatest Star Wars scenes, you know, we, we see a hallway get dark.
0: I literally get chills every time. (sighs) Like getting, I can watch I'm, this I'm getting so I can watch right this now. movie. I can watch this movie in complete light, but as soon as that scene kicks on, I have to turn off every light because I need the full effect of just the dark hallway, the and, dark then, hallway psh- and the dark hallway and the the red. Just
1: the the breathing and then the red and then the absolute panic that these rebel troopers get into. The fear they know that
0: they are going to die right here. And another perfect thing about this movie is the fact that you can literally, literally watch this movie, skip the crawl of a new hope, boom, you're right into the movie. Like like nothing happened in between. Like And honestly, I feel like they
1: they did this scene so well. And yeah, like the trooper giving the giving the disc to the next trooper on Organa's ship. And, uh, hot
0: potato over
1: here. Hot potato over there, and they take off, like and they're screaming, you know, launch, <laughs> you know, and they pull the they pull it and they go. And then you see Vader standing there. And then we see Leia get the disc and say hope. And yes, we're balling. But the the way they time that scene out, so that's where they get it, and it picks right back up for rogue for for New Hope, because now Vader's chasing them. They got. I feel like they got his his attitude right as well, because he's obviously angry at the end of Rogue One. And if you remember, in A New Hope, when he gets to the you know on the ship, he's he's barking orders. He wants people alive. He wants them, you know, sent here and there. He goes, you know, you know, search the entire ship. He's 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 angry. I feel like they did that. I feel like it was good to see that because when I. I watched a new hope like right after watching Rogue One and they got his temperament right. And I was like that I feel like that was another key detail they had to pay attention to. Like, We need to make sure if you know your fans didn't want to watch it all go through here, the temperament is right. And to it was me that just was... that's why I was like, you know what this movie
0: to me this movie is perfect. And it was just really, really good to see Vader. Fuck some dudes up, like for real. Like this man literally came in. It was like, get out of my way. You're getting shot into the ceiling, and then you're getting pulled back down. Like he gave zero fucks going in there. Honestly, and it like was ew, I felt bad, but like the, this- the scene where he like literally just like walks up behind a dude and just like stabs him through the damn door, the door and, and just yeah. like opens the door like that. Like come on, bro. Like best Vader ever. And the fact that like they got Dave or uh. Um, James Earl Jones, to come do the voice again, which I'm wondering um if when the obi-wan series comes out because we all know Hayden christensen's in it, and i'm sh- I'm gonna go ahead and assume he's going to be uh Vader in it because they have Uncle Owen in it and they have Aunt Peru in it as well, mm-hmm. um both played by the same actors and actresses that played them in revenge of the sith
1: yeah it was the returning actors with joel egerton
0: cool. and i can't remember her name right now which i think is really fucking cool that disney was able to yeah, get them to do that they to do that because like not getting, getting, more getting first of all getting obi-wan to do it or <laughs> Ewan getting and mcgregor to do it Jesus awesome Christ. like but that I mean, he's obi-wan to me though so like yeah obviously. like who, who else could you get he's you know he's still of age <laughs> Yeah, I saw this clip with him the other day. He was like on some like I think it was like the Graham Norton show, which is like a talk show in the UK, and he lives in LA, I guess. And uh, he likes to yell at people that like blow through stop signs and shit like that. And he goes ninety nine percent of the time, people are like, "Holy fuck, that's Obi Wan! Why is he yelling at me? What did I do wrong?" <laughs> but uh, getting uh getting Ewan McGregor to come back as Obi Wan is perfect. I love it. Great. But the minute, like, I, again, I literally cried when they said Hayden Christensen would return as Anakin slash Darth Vader. Because I thought that would never happen again. Yeah, because
1: he got so much much hate
0: for it. And honestly, they could have done it with Rogue One because it would have made sense to have him play Vader Vader in Rogue One. But at the same time, it almost makes sense that they didn't do it because they were trying to be like... I mean, the fans don't really like it, but to see, like, they're, they're, I saw mostly like 99% positive fan reaction when they said he was coming back for the Obi Wan series.
1: Yeah, I feel like everyone's kind of gotten over it and, like, they've they learned to appreciate it. You know, they, if you're like, still uh,
0: hating the prequel trilogy at this point, then you're just old and, like, yeah, get over you yourself. need to learn, get over it. Because honestly, is the CGI bad? Yes. Is. Not like not like super bad but like it's 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 90 CGI, you know what I mean? 2000. Well, the first one was 99. Yeah, 99 2000, yeah. It was, uh, it was
1: bad but like hey, it could have been a lot but the worse. The story,
0: isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it, I mean, look it at been. Resident Evil. That came out in 1999. It you remember that monster?
1: Lot, it could have been a lot worse if mm-hmm. Lucas put them out when he wanted to put them out back then. So be thankful he didn't put them out because he knew he didn't have the equipment to do it to get the story. Well, it's right. funny
0: uh, for a time. Lucas actually was um, like the first three movies are the only movies he's going to do. And he won't do any more star Wars movies mm-hmm. for the time being. Uh, so Kevin Smith actually went to go see all of them in theaters. Cause you know, he's, he's like 54, 55. So he grew up with them and he said his dad or his friend's dad and his friend went with him and like they are all like yeah to go see a jedi and they're like yeah this this movie's great he's like what do you think kevin and kevin's like oh i'm really sad actually because this is the last one luke said he'll never make another one like that's what he (laughs) said and he's like the friend never hung out with me ever again after that movie (laughs) because his dad thought it was weird (laughs) but like at the time yeah three movies and done but like i'm glad he i'm glad he made those prequel trilogies because it does it makes the movies make more sense in a way
1: it does it's
0: like because weird. without like honestly without them it's just three space movies yeah
1: and it starts in media rest you know in the middle of everything
0: yeah exactly um this what i don't appreciate lucas doing is going back and retconning the trilogy the first trilogy. Mm-hmm. I feel like that was a little too much. Um, I do have luckily, and they're really rare to have. Actually. I do have the silver and gold versions, but those are the retcon versions. At least one of them is. Mm-hmm. Um, gold is VHS. Silver is DVD. Right. We used to have those. And those, those are I'm the, yeah, those are the retcon versions. So those are the ones where like most notably for me is uh job of the hut meeting solo at the han solo at the, the uh, uh, yeah and <laughs> what i say why it's most notably for me is it's literally like so you see that like uh like a hose or line like a fuel line or whatever uh-huh. plugged into millennium falcon it's literally jabba the line and he literally hops up and over the thing yeah like that's how bad the cgi so bad. was But these are rare to have. What I have, the other thing I have, which is rare to have, is CBS slash Fox video, home video releases of the original trilogy. Mm -hmm. Those are the unedited non-George Lucas prequel trilogy. Like those are the original cut right there. Yeah. And that's why they're super rare to have because what you get now is mostly.
1: the remaster remastered it. special yeah, edition. I haven't watched
0: it on Disney Plus, so I'm wondering what versions on there. It's, but it's I feel it's, like
1: it's, it's the recon ones.
0: Man, I feel like
1: they should have done just the original ones. And see, and that's what everyone was kind of hoping, like when Disney Plus took when Disney took over, they're like, are we gonna get a re release of the original cuts, like un unedited, just the way they were back then? But they never capitalized on that, which kinda of bums me out because I wish they would have done that.
0: Also, the other thing I love about those three VHS tapes that I have that are the original cuts is the artwork is just fucking amazing. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just beautiful. But yeah, I mean, like, you could honestly go on and on about Star Wars, even if you're a casual fan. Like, yeah, there is literally, in my opinion, there's something about any Star Wars movie that is there for everyone, if that makes sense. Like you don't necessarily love the luke skywalker trilogy check out rogue one you don't necessarily love like the main releases check out the the mandalorian which is in my opinion a western yeah it's
1: like it's a western i love that,
0: that that's what i absolutely loved about the uh season one or i'm sorry season two episode one of the mando when he uh yeah, I think it is. When he go meets up with Timothy Oliphant.
1: Yes, and he has the Boba Fett's armor.
0: Yes. And they fight that giant like um mop creature thing. The worm. So first off, first off, Timothy Oliphant playing a sheriff of a town. That's just justified vibes right there. Like perfect it choice.
1: A, it was such a, per- a perfect secondly, choice and
0: good fit. Secondly, him being in the Boba Fett armor. Awesome callback awesome yeah but what really sold me on that entire episode is when he's riding away and this is such a small thing for like and i'm just a film nerd so that's why i liked it so much but the aspect ratio changed to a classic like what you would see for like a spaghetti western or just a regular western in general the aspect ratio went from like widescreen or whatever to like 13 something 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 the really narrow one yeah, yeah, where the black where you could see the black bars and it like was like a thin that's such an old classic like Western and even um um like samurai kung fu type movies did that as that. well. Yeah
1: yeah
0: and like they waited until the last like it wasn't even like a big important scene, it was literally just him riding off in the sunset. the sunset. And I was like, That's how you make a western right there. That's the greatest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Thinking about
1: that episode. I laugh now because I remember when they're trying to draw out that, that giant warm thing from the cave and they get, they're working with the Tuscan Raiders and the Raiders <laughs> are like, yeah, they're out there. And then like, they do the thing that they did and they take off running. And so you just see the Tuscan Raiders running and they just get murdered. I'm like, Oh no,
0: <laughs> poor Raiders. But that was the other thing about that episode, dude was like, it redeemed Tuscan Raiders. Yeah, it really like did. It, like it, it took him like from a, like these guys that event. attacked like uh Luke Skywalker and stole his shit and like showed that like they're willing to help if you're willing to like negotiate with them. Like Yeah, they're not just complete savages like they they get portrayed as like they're
1: it shows civility for them.
0: He did the same thing in season 1 with the uh, um um they're not Ewoks. What the fuck are they? The, the the job uh, the, 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 the Jawas Jawas yeah 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 I always want to say they're Ewoks but they're not and I know I the know. name of them I just can't but like literally like they're like yeah we'll give you your shit back if you go get this egg for us like oh,
1: dude that's so hilarious
0: and then they cracked open that egg. are like, oh. you started <laughs> like, dude, yeah. doing
1: that shit i like oh okay like,
0: John Favreau and Dave Filoni really thought this shit out bro like they're like let's take some shit and like redeem it.
1: Yeah, like let's let's show it let's show its humane side of it, which I was like, this, this is good. But yeah, like I said, you know, there's there's something for everyone in the Star Wars film series, and I feel like you know, but everything's always been kind of like family friendly, you know, drawing in and going back to it, so we can wrap up this, you know, this Rogue One is the war film that we really needed to see because you need to see
0: absolutely the ugly,
1: the ugly side of things that like I said aren't glamorized by having a jedi you know because oh, literally no mm-hmm. one
0: survives in this
1: movie yeah. literally you know like not having a jedi kind of make you be patient and wait for your wait for your time to strike and stuff like that <laughs> you don't have no comedic humor you know to kind of keep the things moving along yes there's funny bits well, in rogue
0: you, one yeah mainly with um like, donnie whatever his name is donnie and yeah but
1: not in the sense of you know i am blind (laughs) yeah but like it's more of like it's just him being sarcastic but like i i I say humor but you know humor for the effect that we need to have humor in this movie to keep it family friendly no it's just which is
0: what they kind of did with the newer trilogy with like bb8 pulling out like the lighter as the thumbs up yeah. and Finn doing it back at him like don't get me wrong I love me some BBA but like there's a little bit more of a the little, the little it, green it's... and white guy too is
1: pretty funny because like when they try to... Freak? yeah I forget his name
0: but, are like, you talking about like... in uh, uh, um, Rise of Skywalker, Skywalker. Rise yeah. Skywalker. so the little dude that repaired C-3PO uh yeah he's
1: like he's on a wheel yeah, he has like a cone head
0: Oh no no no! That's like DGA or something. Yeah, like that. it's a droid name. But
1: his his humor was funny because because uh, Ray tried to like touch his head, and he was like, "No thank you," and like ducked away and like rolled off. Like he was like kind of scared. He reminded me of, like a little scared dog. Like, "Don't touch me! Don't touch me!" But like, there was the- also
0: uh, they purposely put in like the. Um <sighs> Basically, the new Ewoks, the little bird fuckers. Oh, what do they call it? Uh, porgs. porgs. Porgs, yeah. They literally put those dudes in there for uh, comedic effect because literally they have a scene of. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. And Chewie just oh, yeah. slapping them out of the way. It, like, that was a dark moment, too, when Chewie was like cooking one of them. They're all staring at him like, what bro. the fuck, bro? Like, oh, fuck. My bad. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty, I, I'm pretty sure Babu Frick from uh, Rise of Skywalker. Oh no, never mind. I was going to say I thought that was uh, John Krasinski or um, John Favreau too, but you know who it is. John Krasinski. <laughs> yeah. they do you know who it is, Moaning oh. Myrtle from Harry Potter. Is it? Yes. Oh, that's cool. I
1: um, know that. speaking
0: of John Krasinski, are you going to see? quiet place too
1: yeah
0: yeah i Come am out. so on the fence Come about it dude wow. like this month because i absolutely loved. all right it, first off quick. cut Let's right see. there cut into right star there. wars and of star wars the ghost, both perfect rogue movies one. rogue one greatest movie next to empire for sure um don't at me you cole if you hear this i'll fight you
1: Oh, he's gonna listen to it. He's we're gonna hear it. We're gonna hear about this tomorrow once he hears the or whatever, oh, he hears Tuesday, the Tuesday, 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 Tuesday. Um,
0: um, I absolutely loved Quiet Place. I thought it was literally yeah. the greatest theater experience of, I've ever had of all time because literally no one was on their phone and everyone shut the fuck up. Like it was, you could hear a pin drop.
1: Yeah, it was one of my best experiences too because, like, same thing. Like it was. I, people were shushing their their people who they were with, you know, as they're eating popcorn. I saw people getting like legit angry, like shut the fuck. <laughs> like, I I was I would usually I grab a few pieces of popcorn, like you know everyone grabs a few pieces of popcorn, and throws it in their mouth. I was grabbing a piece at a time and then letting it soak in my mouth, so it wouldn't crunch so loud
0: and just like. I literally ate everything during the preview, so I didn't. Take I was like,
1: I was like crushing everything with my tongue to my to the roof of my mouth. So I wouldn't make so much noise. I was like, I gotta be real quiet in here.
0: And like, so yeah, I absolutely love the movie. I thought it was great. I thought it was one of the better horror movies to come out within the 2010s. You could say. Mm-hmm. Um, I just also don't feel like it needed a second one
1: i i can kind of agree with you but it's cool so we can see how we got to this point because we don't get to, we, we they kind of tell us but we don't get too much out of it
0: yeah but it doesn't look like they're showing that it looks like they're just showing emily blight and her kids down the road a little bit no it's 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 beforehand but she's in it so it doesn't really make sense
1: what do you mean she survived
0: yeah but like if it's before like if it was before it, i was expecting like a full ass like bird box type shit where like they show you where they got to that point but like from
1: what i understand it's it's like a prequel and i and i i get what you say like we you know they don't have to do more and but if it's a prequel then why is why is john krasinski not in it he is in it he, he pops up in it he's dead but he pops up in this one because it was supposed to be prior. holy
0: shit when he died though i cried <laughs> I was like, This shit big, was powerful, no. Not Big Tuna. You know? <laughs> right? So, I was just so like, me, no, don't do it, don't do it. He was just like, ah! Like,
1: me, me being a big office fan when he when they said it I was I love his, the office. Yeah, me too. It was when it's his film, I was like, Oh yeah, I'm gonna go support John Krasinski. That's film. exactly
0: why I went to go see it. I, I was expecting it to be complete trash. It look, it looked pretty decent to me. I was like,
1: I was like, interesting take. Like it I was like, we'll see how this goes, but it ended up being like such a great uh directorial debut, especially for him. I feel like he had a great debut. Uh, Ari Aster had a real great deb- debut. Uh, Jordan Peele's had a really great debut. And I feel like they, you know, if, well, of course.
0: Hey, Peele, I'm Peele on the fence Aster, about Jordan Peele.
1: I liked it. I liked, I liked get out. But like, you know, them, like Ari Aster and Peele are sticking to it, obviously. So like, they're going to be doing stuff. But with John Kaczynski, he was actually kind of hesitant to make a part two. And they were going they were going to continue without him, like the part two was going to be made no matter what but,
0: so it says here that he's going to be in the film as flashbacks yeah, okay i I'll probably check it out. I'm going to go in empty minded because I okay, don't want
1: to think about it, like, like now i'm trying to so go go ahead because I'm trying to remember like what I'm going to tell you. As I'm going about it. So go on.
0: Yeah. I'm going to go into it empty-minded. I'm not going to go into it like I thought I would have Be like, oh, it's a sequel. I don't think we need a sequel to this movie, Yeah, which I really don't think so. But I'll go into it empty-minded, and I'll check it out um, for sure. And, like, who knows? Maybe it'll blow me out of the water again. So
1: for me, like, like I was saying, when – after the movie came out, obviously like it, it did really well. Uh, John didn't want to do a second one, but the studio was like, no, we're going to do a second one and we're going to do a second one, whether you're involved or not. But his buddies who he wrote the movie with were kind of like, Hey, what do you think about this? Or and stuff like that. So he was looking at the script and was kind of, you know, giving his opinions and stuff like that, but then he kind of got enticed to kind of get back into it. So, but, that's why I'm, that's why I have more hope for it because he he's would, involved. He, he's involved. If they if he wasn't involved, I wouldn't be about it. I don't think I really would be caring care about it too much. But it'd also be involved, really
0: weird to have a movie with him and his wife in it, or have a movie that he created with his wife in it, but not him in it. Like at the same time, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. And I knew they were very excited to actually make this movie, like be in the movie together. Like they were very excited about that, and for the first one.
0: So I was like, that's really cool, man. Um, yeah, I'm excited to check that. I'm honestly, shockingly, I say shockingly, because like, to be to be real with you here, I've never seen a, a single Saw movie in my life. Other oh, like for the, for the next movie, you want to watch bits and parts? Well, yeah, i I'm, I'm gonna go see Spiral, and I'm legitimately kind of excited for it. It looks interesting. It looks like they take a true crime type approach to it, to a Saw movie. So it looks interesting to me Yeah, now that being Chris rock doing it as well. Yeah. That blows my mind. Cause it's not just like, it's, it's not just like, Hey, we got Chris rock to do Saw movie. It was Chris rock going to like new line cinema. and it was like, Hey, I like these movies. I kind of want to be in one, but I kind of also want to produce one as well. And they're like, all right. Let's do it. And what that's, do you got? <laughs> that's what they got. Uh, um. Now, that being said, HBO Max has the f- first like seven Saw movies. They have them all on there, I think. <laughs> Other than Jigsaw. I don't know if Jigsaw is like eight or nine or whatever, but. Some of that. But I watched them all. Not too long. Ago. They have them on there.
1: Yeah, I so watched them all. I'm the going
0: to watch them this week, Um, throughout the week. Also, with whatever we're going to watch for next week. Yeah. Which, speaking of next week, I got a fun announcement here. A fun, a fun, exciting segment that we will start doing, and it's going to take a while to finish this segment, to be honest with you. And I'm even going to try to find like a way to come up with like theme music or something for this segment because I'm excited about this. <laughs> Maybe I'll get Joe to scream into a microphone. you like, he's watching a fucking Marvel movie. <laughs> uh, but. Yeah, uh, so I have decided, uh, if you've been listening to this podcast, um, you know I'm not like the hugest fan of the Marvel movies, the MCU movies, so I have decided to clear my mind and sit down, starting with the first Marvel movie and going forward. Uh, Will I watch Black Widow? Probably not, uh, just because I don't know where I will be at the time of its release or anything like that as far as like movies go but I will watch from start to end or from start to basically current every MCU movie in order in release order I should say Um, I'm excited about it a little bit Uh maybe they'll change my mind about something I know there's a couple that I haven't seen in there like um. Captain, no, not Captain Marvel. The first Ant Man, I haven't seen. I saw the second one in theaters. I haven't seen the first one. What? It's fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love the Ant movies. The second and third Thor movies, hmm. I have not seen. Not as so much. Um, let me look it up real quick. MCU. Fuck. MCU. I saw the first Thor movie at like a dollar theater. <laughs> the only problem with watching these, dude, is like when I get into uh, Spider Man. Spider Man? Because until not, in, it's not until like next year or the year after, Disney does have uh, rights to those Sony movies now. Mm hmm. So they're able to get them, but Netflix just signed a deal with Sony. So starting with uh, Morbius, um, as soon as it's theaters runs over, it's up on Netflix first before anywhere else. I really
1: hate how. I really hate how that's all set up with with Sony and and them trying to affiliate with Disney some of that. Sony just needs to let it go, give it to Disney, so they can do it right.
0: Not even I, well.
1: I have faith that that Morbius, plus Like the
0: streaming, like the streaming issues. Yeah, you know the know streaming I mean?
1: is just so it's it's so just back and forth. Let them do the you know, let them do those dark versions of everything. But give them, give them the right to do. Spider-Man. It still
0: blows my mind that Morbius was technically in the first Blade movie. <laughs> yeah, in a weird way. Okay, yeah, so I well, he was ended up deleted. I have not seen uh, the first Ant-Man. I have not seen Thor the Dark World or even Thor Ragnarok. Ragnarok Ragnarok is fun. I have seen pretty much everything else, though, other than those two. So there's two that I haven't seen. But you have a sheet about everything else pretty much everything but i I also like like these these movies you know what i mean but yeah i'm excited to sit down watch these movies and so each week uh, i will be watching one mc movie and then when it's all said and done i will give a definitive ranking ranking from a non-marvel fans perspective of worst to best marvel movies
1: I tell you right now, Thor 1 and 2 are at the bottom, buddy.
0: At the bottom. I can probably guarantee you going to tell you right now that Guardians 1 and 2 are probably going to be up top. Oh, oh yeah. Just, where they, where yeah, they rightfully belong. I will be honest with you. I'm, I'm probably Black Panther 1. Most likely will be number one. Just saying. Like I saw that one in theaters on my own. Like I actually was like, yeah, fuck it. I'll go see this. I really want to see it it's a good movie. I will give it that. But the reason I, the thing that sold me on the movie itself was the director. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that is your moviecation for this week. Uh, here's a fun movie fact. Freddie versus Jason and X-Men two uh, were filmed in the same location in like Canada. So the actors and the set were constantly like bumping into each other. So Yeah. That's fun. <laughs> anyway, fun
1: Star Wars one. If you didn't know, uh, Daniel Craig was shooting James Bond during the same time they were shooting uh, Force Awakens. He's and in it. He's in it. He is one. He is the uh, the stormtrooper that lets Rey go when she realizes she can use her force abilities to to tell him to make him do what she wants to do.
0: So it was like. Uh... Kevin Smith was a stormtrooper in a couple of them and um Channing Tatum as well.
1: Yeah. I, I love if if they look if you look if I want to say he comes up in the credits, but his uh stormtrooper name was JB007.
0: <laughs> That's I was awesome. Like, I was like, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> and that is the show for this week. Bye. Later.